Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Greetings and welcome to our kingdom, the Games Rig, the Games Academy, the Team Championships, Heaven, Hell, our underwater kingdom, the Paradise Island, the Victorian Pooh Plumbing Station, and from episode 200, welcome to Under Consultation, the episode-by-episode podcast-type situation to the UK's greatest video game challenge TV show, Gamesmaster. I am one of your hosts, Luke Owen. And we've nailed this first time. And I am Ash Versus. And you definitely haven't just not watched 10 minutes of us dicking around only to realize that his mic pack was switched off. Yeah. So what I would say, live chat, my mic wasn't low. It was off. Yeah. 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 It's also really funny as well, because the chat that you and I were having was that how if you like started episode 200 and worked your way back, you'd find us a much professional broadcasters now than you would have done at the start of it. I'm and really then, happy with proving them wrong. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, that's, that's kind of uh, gone against what I've done. And what's worse here is we're going to be cutting this bit out. It's going to go into the actual like podcast feeds. So no one's actually going to hear the, the bollocks version of this for the first 10 minutes. No, you know what? Patreons, you'll hear that. I'll leave that in for the Patreons, <laughs> but I'll cut it out for the free feed. Well, Value-added content. This is what you pay your hard-earned five dollars for, five pounds for, rather. Oh, we're going to finish the show, and there's just going to be a string of refund requests. <laughs> but the thing is, like I was, you know, we've been doing listening to old episodes yeah. in preparation for this episode two hundred, and in all of that, like I listened to, you know, some of the season one episodes, breezy fifty-four minute episodes. In fact, there was an episode I listened to of series two. It was an hour and four minutes long, and the first twenty minutes of that was the movie in like magazine chats. And then the end five minutes was like, you know, just talking about like the outro and stuff and just like, here's our scores and where you can find us on Patreon and stuff. That means we covered the entire episode in like 40 minutes. Madness. Can you imagine, Ash, doing a record where we covered a whole 20 minute episode of Games Master 
in just 40 minutes. I mean, that's because we were recording in person and we had trains to catch. We were doing two episodes a night. That was one of the, that was one of the uh, pandemic ones. Was it really? Yeah. Huh. Even then, even then we were still recording things in 40 minutes. Lots of people in the chat are talking about mic packs. I don't know what they're on about. I wouldn't know why. I um I found in listening to the old episodes interesting because one, we sounded a lot less tired at the beginning. Yeah. I mean, it's been a busy, busy couple of years. And as I may have said before, 200 episodes, one every week. Never missed a drop on the public feed. Our Patreons are very understanding because if you're listening to this episode, it came out on a Friday, not a Tuesday. And um yeah, I'm, I'm immensely proud of that. I'm also a little sad because I was thinking on the way here, we should have just started fortnightly because we'd probably sound a lot less tired and then we'd still have half of the journey ahead of us. I was listening to an episode the other day that was from Series 3. It was Series 3, in fact. I can tell you it was Series 3 because um, it was the uh, an episode that we'll be talking about uh, mm. in, a, in a little bit. And in that episode, we talked about how we were nearly two months ahead of ourselves in terms of stuff that we'd recorded. It never happened. Again, <laughs> could you imagine living in a world where we were nearly two months ahead of what we were recording about? We were actually trying to work out when the episode was going to drop. Yeah. Because we were there being like, well, we were recording this in February, but I think it's going to come out in April. Yeah, and although I will say, as we look ahead to 2024, more on that later, we should once again be at least a month ahead. I will settle yeah. for a month ahead, I think. Oh man, if only. Crikey. What I wouldn't give to be a month ahead of time. I nearly like, I nearly took my headphones out when I was listening to this being like, was there ever a period? I remember, obviously we did it when I had the kid. But was there ever really ever a period of time where we're nearly two months ahead of ourselves in terms of recording? Because I, I think series five, six, seven, and eight revisited. Mm. And actually all the in-between episodes. We've, pretty much been recording by the seat of our pants. Yeah. Recording on like a Thursday, the episode drops on a Tuesday. I think the best we've ever been was series one because we recorded all of that before you heard episode one. Yeah. And that was, uh, oh, what fun times they were. Although, as I said, I've listened to those and it's like, I'm amazed anyone stuck with us because these are, this is not great content. <sighs> I think it's fine. I think it's absolutely fine. I think we are overly hard on ourselves and overly critical on ourselves because uh, you do this shit for a living uh -huh. and I'm a perfectionist. A, <laughs> can you imagine how easy our life would be if neither of those facts were true? We'd have still done the podcast, but we'd have just gone, ah. <laughs> well, I was you know, like the first 10 minutes of this episode. I was listening to it being like, well, you know, I'm actually, uh, the audio quality on this is very nice. Considering that there is a podcast that I absolutely love and adore. And... Uh, their audio, while it sounds fairly crisp, crikey, just your audio levels. I know we've got no place to talk on this, but on like, the audio levels, I was on the tube and I was like, cannot hear this. And then I flicked over to one of our podcasts. I had to turn it down because it was too loud. Ah, see, that's partly on me because I set up the presets and I set it to master to broadcast standards. Yeah. Come on, guys. Broadcast standards. It's right there. But we are going to talk about a show that never appealed to broadcasting standards, and that is Games Master. It is indeed. Nice segue. Thank you very much. So the gimmick of this, our 200th episode, which we are recording live and in person from uh, one of the studios in which I work. The gimmick of this episode is we're going to count down our top 10 episodes 
officially scientifically ranked by the scores that we gave it at the end of each podcast episode. We have given percentage scores for every episode of Games Master bar two. Yes. We didn't review, we didn't give a score for the final episode or the Dave Perry Super Mario 64 incident for obvious reasons. But everything else got a percentage score at the end of it. And you have diligently gone through all of them and found a median score between the two of us. Or sometimes three. Or sometimes three if there was a guest on it, which means we have an official top 10 ranking of the best Games Master episodes scientifically. Now, without wishing to go too far into spoiler territories for what you're going to see, I can say that Series 8, or Reboot, does not make it into the top 10. It does does make it into the top 20. And to give you an idea of how tightly packed together these episodes are, position 20 and position 11 are separated by 2%. 2%. There are some of them that are dead close. I mean, there's a couple of ties here and there. The uh, Where I encountered median ties, I basically ranked the one which had the highest score, individual score, above the others. So if you had, say, two at 93%, for a median of 93%, and one at 94%, and one at 92%, I arbitrarily went, oh, the 94, 92 is the one that wins. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. That's what I would do when I do my end-of-year awards. It's Uh, my science. It uh, makes sense. Well, I mean, yeah, it's all our own science. Well, that's the great thing about science, is you can just make up your own. It's It's what all scientists say. It's what all Scientologists do. Well, yeah, I mean, I can't imagine why anyone would go by the law of science when you can just make up your own version of it. You just say research says. Science fiction's a thing, guys. Research says take horse tranquilizers. It's fine. So we're going to be counting down our top 10 uh, episodes. We're also going to be having some uh, some interludes along the way where we'll look at some other fun stats and statistics that came out of uh, the, the research in the past 199 episodes. Although, in fairness, some of those are, you know, the in-between episodes between Series 7 ending and Series 8 starting. They didn't get scores either. Or if we did, I just didn't count them. So either way, every episode of Games Master, we are about to rank. So without further ado, should we get into it? Should we we have a look at what was number 10? Let's check it out. And now for this week's feature. Those of you who have tried to strut your stuff to the music from a Game Boy will know that something is most definitely missing. However, help is at hand as more and more musicians are using the sound from video games as the basis for chart-busting tracks. Sample Master T shows us how with Super Mario Land on the Game Boy. We want to make it into something much more interesting. So I think we're going to speed that up. Let me turn this off. See if we can play it on the keyboard over here. Yeah, now, now you're talking. Yeah, that's the one. We're going to go with that. Now what do I need? Uh, I need a break, that's it. I need to call a DJ friend over here and he can cut it in for me. Yeah, rude boy, yeah, peace. Right, record's on, he's just gearing it up. Yeah, got it. Right, now for the final touch, all we need is the vocals. And here's something I prepared earlier. Hi. Yeah, I'm okay. Ready? Games master, let's play a game. Great, all the ingredients are in place. We've come from this to an almighty this. Uh, 
Ash versus. It's episode two of series two. two. Episode two of series two was our number 10. It was almost our number nine, but I caught a typo in the uh, in the spreadsheet. And thankfully, it didn't completely wreck all the work I put in at that point. But let's go back in time. Number one song at that time was Ebenezer Good. Number one film was Spotswood. I can't remember anything about the latter, but the former still slaps. Yeah, the former is a great song. Absolutely. Uh, this episode squeaked into the top 10, literally squeaked into the top 10. Uh, obviously, series two, we're back in the offshore holiday camp for this episode. We kick it off with the Mega Drive port of Chuck Rock. Uh, our challenger, George, is from Surrey. He's a confident challenger in the early goings, which is rare for early games, Master, with the mumbling at the shoes group of contestants. Yeah, that was a startling. You know, Dominic Diamond often has buried the small children that were on series one through three. And I'm like, ah, Dom's a bit harsh on them. Then you go back and watch those episodes and you're like, oh, no, Dom was right. But this guy's waving at the crowd. He's got his leather jacket. He's a cool dude. He's a cool dude. And his challenge is um, to complete a level of Chuck Rock in 1 minute 45. In practice, the best he did was 1 minute 50. Uh, Neil West also makes an appearance in his amazing Sega sweatshirt. Uh, sadly, not amazing is the challenge itself. George gets very close. I'd, I'd argue, I think this is a really, really good challenge. It's uh, actually ruined by Neil West. Because what happens, if everyone remembers this episode, what happens right at the end of this challenge is the guy has got it. He's got plenty of time. He's got one, like, he's got one bit of his life left. And he throws it to the guy. Neil West, before he throws out, he goes like, uh, this will be the final hit on the boss, and then he's won the challenge. So he throws oh, it, yeah. hits the boss, and then he stands there. But it's not the end, and the boss runs into him and kills him. And you know, and there's like, he lost that challenge because Neil West told him it was over before it was actually over. And Neil West did actually say this will be the last hit like three times. <laughs> it's kind of like really ruining the World Cup final. If they think it's all over, it's almost over. It might be over. Give it a second. The whistle will blow soon. Oh, there it is. Now it actually yeah, is. Now yeah, now it actually is. Sorry, so, so he lost on that, that one. But I like that challenge a lot. Yeah, even though Games Master hated Chuck Rock. Yeah, he had a lot to say about Chuck. He was fat shaming. Which, <laughs> no offence, but Patrick Moore. Stones, glass houses. Well, it's not Patrick Moore, is it? It's Games Master. Oh, of course. Games Master. And he's just a big head. Just massive. Uh, terrorised by massive chickens. I think it's the only appearance uh, for us of Jazz Rignall. In this series? I think in the top 10. I might be wrong. Oh, in the top 10. Yeah. Possibly. Let me have a quick look. I uh, don't think he's in that episode. No, no. Yeah, I think you might be right. I think that's our only jazz man. Yeah? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's our only jazz man. Yeah, he's here with uh, Jane Goldman, and they look at a shit dragon's lair for the snares. They gave it 57%. <laughs> it's one of our lowest scores in yeah, the review zone. It's deserved. A remarkably good and refreshing Master System title with New Zealand story and Hook for the Snares, which manages 76%, despite Jazz Rignall spending the entire review just hating it. Man, Jazz Rignall in those episodes and those reviews is just like platformer, jump, collect things. It's not worth your time. I still want to talk to Jazz. I still want to interview him, but also just ask him, who hurt you? <laughs> Mas I, mascot platformers. Mascot platformers. Although I think Hook, it's not actually that bad a game. But like the movie, it was underrated at the time. Because mm. the movie did great business at the box office. But critically, mm, you go back and look at it now, it's a much better film than it gets credit for. I think it's totally fine. It's a it's a three-star film. I thought it was fine then, and my opinion on that has not changed. It's no Muppet Christmas Carol. It really isn't. 
And then, of course, we get what you just saw, the making music with the Game Boy. Uh, my notes at the time, I did make a note of this, saying that this feels like a toddler making their mum breakfast for Mother's Day. And what they actually end up doing is microwaving some crayons and burning the toast. So this episode we recorded with a guest, uh, with yes. Dave Bulmer from Sonic the Comic, the podcast, Demon Tomato Dave. And we, both Dave and I, had the exact same thought when we started this episode and started this feature. Oh, it's the ambassadors of funk. And it's not. And they were like, uh, there should have been the ambassadors of funk. They had standards. Yeah. But this uh, is one of my, I think one of the most enduring things that we've had on this podcast. And I think from when we started doing this journey, this is the thing that a lot of people remember. Games master, let's, let's play, play a game. game. <laughs> but I think what really pushed this up and actually made it into the 90s and put it in the top 10 is our celebrity challenge, which is Paul Turner who we've had before playing Sonic Blast Man. Yeah, he, he was our returning champion from Series 1. Taking on fairly bonkers Frank Bruno. I Frank is obsessed yeah. with washing machines in this. He's, he's great on this. And uh, spoilers, it actually won't be our only appearance of Sonic Blast Man. Oh, no. Or Sonic Blastman, as uh, Games Master keeps calling it. But it's, not, it's going to be our, not our only appearance of that game in our top 10. Yeah. Uh, it makes it... I mean, it actually features... Way higher in the list than I thought it would. Way higher in the list. But in fairness, it got three cracks at the apple, really. It did. Uh, speaking of three cracks at the apple, that's what they got. Or for Apple, see Meteorite. And Frank comfortably obliterated Paul. Of course he did, because it's Frank Bruno. Like, Paul managed 391 tons over three tries. Frank, 430. It, it's almost like he's paid to hit things for a living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, and he did. And he hit people... Quite hard. And Paul's defense to this is really brilliant. And one thing that just really stuck in my head when I rewatched this episode, which is, well, I've lost to the best in the world, the number one in the world, but I'm still king of the arcades. And I'm like, whatever helps you sleep at night, man. Yeah, it's good. well, you're not now, are you? No. Because you just lost to Frank Bruno in an arcade game. All, all that needs to happen is for Frank to turn up at Sega World. And that's just not categorically true. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, there was a, a lot of fun to add in this episode because the uh, the consultation zone uh, featured uh, Fanadu on the NES, which is like Faxanadu. Faxanadu, which was this uh, uh, Zelda 2 clone. We had Monkey Island 2, Crikey, Monkey Island 2 in the consultation zone, I and hear you say. Yeah, the spitting contest and fighting masters on the Mega Drive, where I, me and Dave basically went off on one about the Street Fighter clones that the Mega Drive was trying to have before it had um, Special Champ Edition. I think I had a drink at that point. I just left you two to it. But the, one of the reasons we had Dave on the episode is because Dave loves the Amiga. Yeah. And our final challenge was really a big Amiga title. And I thought that was really cool as well, because there's not only an Amiga title, it was a custom level designed specifically for Games Master a speed run on Zool, a ninja from the nth dimension. Nth dimension. And it was also, I think it was a, it was an early kind of like parent-child thing. Yeah, mum and son. Mum and son, which there were a few slightly questionable jokes. Also an implication that the mother broke the son's arm to get an advantage. But that wasn't as dark as it got. It got darker after the challenge. Um... The, uh, the mother does the same thing Dominic does with Virtua Fighter, which is she pluralizes games. <laughs> like, Dom has his Virtua Fighters, and the mother's like, oh, yes, I do like playing the Zools. The Zools. The Zools, with your Nintendos and your Marios and your Tetrises. Uh, this is a really fun episode. I was quite pleased to see it uh, rank up this highly. It's our first episode we did with a guest. 
Yeah. Uh, when we recorded series one, you know, we kind of sort of was like, oh, who would be some fun guests? In fact, there's actually a tab on the uh, the dream sheet that we had of just like potential guests that could come on and be really fun. And this was one of two times early doors where we were like, let's have a guest on for the entire episode. And we only ever really did that again later on down the line um, uh, when we had Mike on for the, yeah. uh, for the virtual fighter challenge, for the, um, uh, uh, the Tetsujin challenge. Yeah. Because when you record with three people, a, it's way harder to edit. Yep. And B, it just goes on for way longer. So what we decided was, because we did Dave and we did math, and then we were like, do you know what? If we're going to have guests on, let's just have them on for their segments rather yeah. than do a whole episode with them. Yeah, it's much more economical. And it also takes, I mean, if they come on with a specific interest, then it is also perhaps a bit mean to go, cool, you liked five minutes of this 24-minute show. You've got to discuss the other 19 minutes and like it. Yeah, which, you know, was pretty much with Dave. Like, with the, every time we had Dave on after that, was just like, Dave, they're going to talk about Dizzy. Do you want to come on for a bit? And Dave would be like, yeah, I'll record with you for 10 minutes talking about Dizzy. Our Dizzy correspondent. <laughs> it says a lot where Dave's score at the end, which did tilt this and help it escalate, he was like, I didn't know I had to rank it. I'm going to go with 93% because it's my favourite year in the 90s. <laughs> Which scientifically is about as relevant as our schools. More or less, yeah. But that is number 10. Shall we move on to episode nine? Let's do it. What did rank in at number nine? Oh, he's just got the pieces completely now, Jacks, which means that Mark has won the challenge two bouts to nil, but that wasn't actually that good. And it's certainly not worth a joystick. So we're actually going to ask Mark to play it a little bit differently here. Mark, we do understand. We have spoken to your mum. She says you can play Mortal Kombat blindfold. Is this in fact correct? That is correct, Dominic. I won't even begin to ask you how you discovered this or even why, but you've never tried this on Mortal Kombat 3? Never. Ever? Not even for a laugh? Not yet, no. Okay, right, Mark. We're going to try it now. Angels, if you'd like to blindfold Mark, the first time ever on national television, someone attempting to play a video game completely blindfolded. Okay, Mark, is that blindfold comfortable? You wouldn't like us to move over your mouth or anything, no? So this time, Mark is going to play as Sector, but this time he'll be totally blind. Sorry. So off comes Mark playing Sector now in the red body armor and red codpiece there. Good start from him, Dave. Very good start. He got in with the uppercut quickly and the missiles. This one's going to have to use, going to have to use a special move. He's obviously not seeing where he is. He can't get involved in close contact. That is indeed. Indeed, Mark is as blind as blind can be. I mean, first things first, looking good, Mr. Perry, with your open leather jacket. I tell you what, did someone just turn off the air conditioning in here? Because boy, oh, oh, oh. I'll, I'll be fair. I'm actually just kind of jealous because I didn't look that good with my shirt off then. I certainly don't now. Looking steamy, Mr. Perry, with your bandana and open leather jacket. So oh. we've got Chippendale Dave Perry and Harry Hill Dominic Diamond with those super wide white I look at the live chat here. Seen some wonderful names in the, the live chat as well. Seeing Cliff in the live chat. Hello, Cliff. Um, seeing Misha and Chrissy Two Sticks. Hey, Chrissy Two Sticks for two time Games Master Champion there. Sorry, mate, you didn't make the top 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, neither of your attempts did. Uh, um, Matty Boo, obviously. And Harry, it's Harry's birthday as well, by the way. Happy birthday, Harriet. Happy birthday, Harriet. But yeah, everyone basically was just talking about. Crikey, how much nip tape did Dave have on there? So he's just have a little nip slip out. It's only going out, it's going out at a half past six. He was probably, every time he could, and he had to edit around it, he was just going, oh, oh, just, oh, 
I just need to stretch a bit. Oh, did my nipple fall out? Sorry. I want to show off my my chiseled pecs that I've been working on down at the gym because I knew I was going to go on to Games Master with an open leather jacket. Twas the style of the time. Look, I, I think this episode really makes it into that top 10. I know from me, because I'm re-listening re back to the episode, it's the blind Mortal Kombat challenge. I, yeah. I, I love that challenge so, so much. Not just that, but also just want to quickly mention, just to give the bit of context, speaking of boobs, uh, Simply Red had their only number one this week with Fairground. And also, Apollo 13 was a number one film, which we had a lot of fun talking about at the time, both on and off mic. Yeah, that was one of those films where I was like, I need to, I'm going to rewatch this before we actually record the episode. Back in the days when we had time between records <laughs> to, to like watch movies and be like, what is the number one? What's coming up? What's coming up in three weeks' time? Oh, I'll watch that ahead yeah. of time. It's actually one of the few times I got to do that. The thing I liked the most about Apollo 13 was I didn't need to watch the previous 12 movies for it to make sense. Yeah, it's not like Friday the 13th. You know, no. it's like Apollo 13 it opens up a lot like the Friday the 13th as well, which basically is just someone sat around a campfire being like, Do you ever hear the tale of Apollo? <laughs> <laughs> and they just show you all of the various kills in the spaceships. Yeah, Wednesday the 11th is a dull ass movie. <laughs> but yeah, this was. Uh, take us through the rest of it, Ash. So, the, actually, I think the majority challenge of this episode was. Schwing. Schwing. It was the golfing challenge with the golf simulator that was about the size of your average caravan and required the lights to be dimmed because otherwise the rear projection screen just didn't work. And of course, why would you get golfers to play this? You get snooker players to play it. Of course. Yeah, we got a brilliant Rick Henderson commentary on this one. They use this clip a lot in like the best of stuff where they sit down and Diamond Diamond throws the flowers out because they're not quite manly enough for them to do the commentary with. And this is like really, really good Rick Henderson and Dom. Commentary. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're having a lot of fun with this. Spoilers, we may see a combo of Rick and Dom later on, like absolutely like nailing an episode. But this is like early doors, Rick and Dom doing mm. really, really well together. And bouncing off each other so, bouncing so well. off each other so, so well. But I think what really pushed this up, listening back to our comments on it, and actually looking at my notes as well, was Mackenzie and Co., yeah, we've got an American laser game in terms of go to high school, get a date, go to prom. Go to prom, including a guy turning up for prom wearing a tuxedo jacket, a bow tie, a white press shirt, and cut-off trousers as shorts. <laughs> and Dave Perry said there was like, a man's got some style right there. He should lose the shirt. Also, <laughs> what he needs right there is a bandana and <laughs> chef's kiss. That's a complete outfit. One of the dates is wearing a bandana. Oh, yeah, it's because Dave Perry was there being like, guys, this is actual style of the 90s. But we also got like a follow-up on the, the Tekken thing. It's one of my favorite things about Series 5 is that they often followed up on previous articles and stuff that they did because they had the game hackers mm. playing through Tekken 2. And then one of the news items we get is a follow-up to that challenge. We're like, they found some new things. They found new things that even Japan doesn't know about. And it's this real, like, yeah, we at like now we can sort of like roll our eyes or sort of like hmm, question it. But if you're looking at this, hello, is like, that Japan? <laughs> the, the entirety of Japan. Do you know about this? And Japan went, no, we don't actually. But thanks for telling us. Like confirmed, the entirety of Japan did not know about this. Oh, how fortunate! They all spoke perfect English. <laughs> but you know, looking at this in 1995 eyes, that is all mind blowing. It's like, wow, not even Japan knew. This mystical far-off place that we'll never ever get to visit. Like we'll never know. And they were like, I, I thought that was a really, really good bit of like, you know, 
Games Master bullshit, basically. Yeah. Um, but the last half of this episode, it's the Mortal Kombat challenge. First, the actual just win the challenge. That's not enough. So do it blindfolded. You saw a bit of the first round. Then for the second round, just to make sure he's uh, not cheating. He has a big book of birds held in front of him. <laughs> no, it's not an omnibus of loaded. It's just an opportunity, which I think they missed to make a tits joke. Yeah. I, but I think pretty much, yes. Although you didn't really need that with Dave Perry sat next to him. Um, this is... I, I love this challenge. I covered this challenge twice because we yeah. did it for this episode and then I covered it again when we had catch-up on the Evolution mm. of Mortal Kombat episode. And, I mean, he loved it anyway because it was it's his guy as well. It's Sector going in. so it, it's Because he's got that, that teleport jump. Exactly, that's, that's it. it. It's a move you can spam even when blindfolded. It's, it's a perfect character to use if you're blindfolded because he's got the homing missile yeah. and he's got the uppercuts, the teleport uppercut jump as well. But you know, you can so you can look at it now through 2022, 2023 eyes and be like, oh, just spam those buttons. That's a really simple chance. But when you're like a kid in mm. 95, and I think this is like the point I, I was making on the podcast as well. It's like you just like that's an incredible. He beat Mortal Kombat 3 blindfolded. Now we may have roasted Dave quite a bit, probably not going to be the last time, but he does do something wonderful, which is when it gets to the final moments of that blindfold challenge, he shouts out what the fatality is for that character because i think it's an either close or anywhere fatality and he doesn't get it and i just actually thought that was a nice touch i really really appreciated that he did that uh it's not the only mortal kombat thing because in that new section we also look at some of the less good mortal kombat moments the stage show which um <laughs> hey now i got to read an excerpt from a book once uh, about that stage show because the last time they had attendance that good was a KKK rally. Yeah. <laughs> and it's one of my favorite quotes from that book. It's also possibly uh, still better than the uh, turtles coming out of their shell tour. Oh, well, I, 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 I refute that claim. <laughs> uh, that show's borderline perfect. I, mean, I will, I, mean, I need some pizza power right now. We both. That, do. that song makes it into a video game at the very least. You're right, it does. It does indeed. Um, oh, they also look at the Mortal Kombat CGI cartoon, which we can agree is just shit. Yeah, the journey begins is that's no good. Like yeah. that, that is objectively bad. The journey begins and it ended. <laughs> right. Well, should we get into episode eight? Uh, oh, sorry, I keep saying episode eight. Number eight. Number eight. What is it? Since Games Master began, games playing has been dominated by one man, the great Daniel Curley. Tonight's feature assesses the life of this gaming legend. I was uh, born in Manchester, uh, in a hospital called Crumpsup, and six years later, I started playing video games. I first heard about the UK Sega Championship through an article in a magazine. I had confidence in myself, entered the Manchester final, went to the UK final, destroyed everybody, and uh, went for the European final, which I won easy. Danny successfully defended his UK championship last year and began work as a professional games tester for Teartex. However, a scandal broke out when Sega sensationally stripped him of his title because he now was a professional player. I still reckon I'm a righteous game player. Could take on Razor Abdelali any time who's currently the European Sega champion. So Razor, you know my name, you know where I live, any time. Legends are created by adoring fans, so what do the people think about Danny? Maybe a little bit better than me, but it's all right. Ooh. 
He could definitely beat me. Well, I think he's uh, not bad as Evans. He's, he's like God, like he's God. Morrison all over again. Magic. His uh, dexterity, his unflagging ability to play 10 hours on end without food, light, uh, qualifies him as a major video game mushroom. Should have uh, gone through the scores as well that we've been giving these as well. We should have gone through the median score of what each one's earned. Okay, we can do that. Yeah, so just to... We can't fix this fucking in the edit. No, we can't (laughs) fix this in the edit. But so at number 10, which was Series 2, Episode 2, Chuck Rock, Sonic Blastman and Zool featuring Dave Fulmer was a median score of 93. Yep. All three of us scored it 93. Um, In at number 9, Season 5, Episode 3, Smart Golf and Mortal Kombat with a median score of 93.5. This is how tight this gets. Brought up by my score of 94 because you gave it 93. Yeah. And here we are at number eight. It's season two, twen- it's season two, episode 24, Super Mario World, Summer Challenge, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, featuring Dan Tootle with a median score of 94. You scored it 93. I scored it 95. There was a time when you were more forgiving than I was because now I'm the one that's like, oh, no, it's 92, 93. And you're like, actually, I think it was 81. <laughs> Maybe we'll cover some of those in a bit. Maybe we will. But number eight, what was number one for number eight? It was techno, 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 too unlimited. I don't know why we went Beavis and Butthead. Oh, God, I've got a headache now. Um, Number one at the box office was Scent of a Woman. Scent of a Woman. I was about to say, I don't have a joke to make about that. Then you reminded well, me. Well, that's where Hoo-Ha is born. It's from Hoo-Ha. It's from Son of a Woman. But this was a show of three parts. Uh, the show itself, the interview with Dan Tutu, now friend of the podcast, and also the most intrusive the air horn has ever been in an episode. <laughs> <laughs> Such a series two thing. But man, it's all over this episode. Uh, there's also, I think, a masturbation joke because Dom laments the shortage of Swarfiga right at the beginning. And then we're straight into the Mario World Challenge. I like this Mario World Challenge uh, for, for two reasons. Number one, it's Mario World and, it, and it's really cool. Two, it's actually, maybe it's three. Two, it's quite a, t- a tricky little challenge. Number three, it is just so delightful watching people slowly speedrun Super Mario World. Like you're so used to watching. Yeah, you're, you're so used to watching games done quick where people are just like, bah, 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 and the level's done. But is there's something genuinely thrilling about going back in time and watching someone speedrun Mario World cautiously. Because it's jump onto a platform, whoop, stop, get myself in the right position, and jump, stop, whoop, get myself in the right position. Yeah. And the commentary are like, he needs to uh he needs to pick up the pace somewhat here. And like he he's getting through it fine. He gets the feather, he gets the cape, and all he needs to do is just like get up to speed and fly. But he's still just jumping as per normal, but using the cape to slow down your fall to, like, you know, again, because he's quite cautiously speedrunning yeah. this. And unfortunately, he then loses that cape and dies. Yeah, quite spectacularly. I will say for me, uh, the last time I watched this episode, which was earlier today, I decided to run through the top 10 playlist I created on YouTube. And I'm like, I don't have the full, like, four hours. So I'm just going to play it back at 1.75 speed. Everything's a speed run. <laughs> I, I like that uh, Super Mario World Challenge. It's a bit of fun. And then we've got some athletes in as well for the celebrities. 
Yeah, we do. Um, I mean, obviously, we just saw there we had the main man, the man with the plan, the curly with the whirly. It's Daniel Curly, star of the show numerous times, almost a guest on the podcast, may still be in the future. Kind of, we were going to talk with him, and then the pandemic happened. Yeah. And it didn't like prevent us doing a remote thing, but it did kind of change our priorities a bit. And so we were like, eh, what do we do now? Don't know which episode to have him on with either, because like he's all over series two. You know, like, uh, Dominic Diamond says in the book that he considers him and Martin Mathers to be like the greatest two games players to ever feature on Games Master. And it was like, you know, he's all over series two. He's got like there's the curly challenge. Dave Perry was right there. <laughs> At the curly challenge, like it's a three episode <laughs> thing. Uh, and then we have this big feature about him as well, which is just like he's such a games playing legend. Look. Mike McShane knows about him. Yeah. Mike McShane being in that feature just made me... Th that's why this episode <laughs> is here. No, It's just like, well, hang on a sec. And you're watching this episode and you're like, hold on. You're in a sitcom with Sandy Toxvig and also on Whose Line Is It Anyway? Is that Mike McShane? <laughs> yeah. And of course, all of the delivery in that little feature is great. The girl saying he's bigger than Jim Morrison. And I'm looking at those girls going... Do you really know who Jim Morrison is? Or was this a line given to you by the production crew? Because, I mean, don't get me wrong, the doors are universal music. They will transcend generations. But also, this was 1993 going on 1994. I don't know. Ah. Well, there's one door. When did the Doors movie come out? Ah, yeah, that might be That'd it. That'd be and, it. You know, when, when one doors closes, another doors opens to Daniel Curley. But elsewhere in the reviews, we also had the Lost Vikings getting 80%. Megalomania, a game you're familiar with, got yeah, 87%. probably why my score was so high for this episode. <laughs> Caveman Ninjas got 65% on the Game Boy. And, of course, that is where our friend now, Dan Tootle, came in with his appearance in the review zone. Yeah, poor Dan. Um, yeah, he's been bullied a hell of a lot for his appearance on, on Games Master. He's sort of become a bit of a meme sort of online. Yeah. Like in the last like, 20 odd years and stuff, people are just like, oh, he's that kid. Like that's, that was all part of his Twitter profile was just like, I'm that kid. Dave, Games with the Man. facts, 1991 for the Doors movie. So it would have probably been on video and maybe approaching its network television premiere. Because they'd have recorded this in 92. Yeah. So that that tracks. That's why that's why Jim Morrison's now a sex god again. I mean, he always kind of was, but why he was back in the public eye. So really, it's not actually Jim Morrison, it's Val Kilmer. Yeah, they think Jim Morrison is just a character played by Val Kilmer. <laughs> it's just like, look, Batman's sexy, all right? <laughs> not Batman yet. <laughs> Michael um, Keaton is still the sexy Batman. But anyway, so Dan is, you know, he was one of the first people that we spoke to that was been like a featured performer on the show. Like yeah. When we started the podcast, he reached out to us very early doors. He was one of our early like Twitter follows and stuff. Yeah. And we sort of followed anyone who was related to, to Games Master and stuff. And I think he was a little bit trepidatious about us reaching his episodes because of the bullying that he's had uh, for his time on the show. It still breaks my heart breaks my heart yeah. massively like he talks about this in the in the oral history as well but we wanted him on the show and just to let him know that does a great job really like he's such a good dude as well he yeah was very yeah, yeah, giving yeah. with his time he came on the show twice because he's in the show twice he came on both times he featured in this and i don't think it's as bad as as he often thinks it is, I think, and I, and I get it as well, because if you've been bullied for something for 20 plus years, you probably think it is the worst appearance that's ever going to happen. But yeah. there are way worse appearances on, on Games Master. 
Actually, everyone we've spoken to that appeared in the review zone hates it because there was Biffo as well. Yeah, Biffo does not have a good time uh, in the review zone. So, like, shout out to Dan Susil because he's been a huge supporter yeah. of this show and a massive, massive follower. So, so, big thanks to him and thank you so much for his time to coming on the broadcast. Definitely. Uh, you mentioned the celebrity challenge before we went on that little tangent. Us tangenting that hasn't happened in the past 199 episodes. This is why some episodes used to be a breezy 54 minutes long. <laughs> We were like, stick to the facts. What was the game? What was the challenge? Did they win? Um, yes, one of them did. <laughs> so there we go. That was the celebrity challenge. No, it was Summer Challenge on the Amiga, Simon Havin and Steve Backley, OBE. Uh, Javelin Superstars. Uh, the challenge was the longest possible throw over three attempts. And uh, Simon won. His first throw was his best, 90.72 metres. Everyone had a good time. Yeah, this is really fun. Uh, the Consultation Zone features Super Mario World and Final Fight on the Snares and Wonder Boy in Monsterland on the Master System. But this is why this episode ranked so highly for me. Yeah. It's the finals of the Sonic 2 tournament on the bonus stage. Collect the most rings, don't hit the bombs because you'll lose rings and stuff. And I, I put myself back in this time period. Because they rave, they, there's a big thing about Sonic 2, and you know, we're only a week away from the Sonic 2 release. Even actually listening back to the podcast episodes, you and I are almost counting down to the release of Sonic yeah. 2. We are counting down to Sonic Tuesday, like quite early doors. We're like, we're like three episodes away from Sonic Tuesday, two episodes away from Sonic Tuesday. And we have that episode where we look at the Games Master magazine review of Sonic 2 and stuff. Like, Sonic 2 becomes a huge part of this podcast journey. But I remember talking about this episode and loving this challenge because I loved how so focused they were in on this Sonic mm. 2 challenge. And what a brilliant way to end off the challenge as well on the, the, the special bonus stage because we're getting a lot about Games Master Live and there's going to be challenges on this as well. And it's, it's awesome. It's so, so good. Another reason it's awesome, Jane Goldman on commentary. Yeah. Oh, be still my 90s heart for Jane Goldman on her second appearance on this, uh, our yeah. top 10. Not enough uh, female journalists on Games Master, probably partly because not enough female journalists in the video game industry then. And Bracket arguably, general. Yeah, general. And also, I would argue, still kind of the same now. Yeah, and well, you know, bear in mind as well, like, after her, not really anyone from the female demographic in the commentary team no. or really featured on the show. She was like the most prominent female uh, within the broadcast team. Although she does attempt to build a harem here. Because... <laughs> Dominic does say, you know, which of these two lads do you reckon for the final? Because it's um, Dave Goodyear and Paul Mellorick? Paul Mellorick. Paul Mellorick, yeah. I think that's what I wrote. And Dominic's like, which one of these two would do you fancy? And she's like, I'll take both. <laughs> Thanks, Jane. Thanks, Jane. Thanks, Jane. She knew, she, what knew. She, yeah. she knew what show she was on and what humour they were going for. She was proper down with the lads, lads, lads. Yeah. But this challenge was won by just two rings. Yeah, that's what I loved about this challenge. It's it not super tight. Not just like the spectacle of it, because yeah. it's like, you know, it's it's Sonic 2, it's the brand new game, it's the cool bonus age that's 3D. It's super close. The finals of this tournament, ah, oh, this is this is great. I really miss like the, the little mini tournaments they did. Obviously, they don't do them in later series because there's less episodes. Yeah. When you've got 26 episodes, you can do, because there's a few of these. In series two, you have like the Curly Challenge. There's the Nintendo Champion. He gets like a handful of episodes where he gets like a three episode run. There's a Street Fighter 2 Challenge, mm -hmm. uh, like a two, Street Fighter 2 tournament with the journalist. And there's the Sonic 2 one as well. That's one of my favorite things about series two. These sort of like little mini 
tournaments that sort of like break up some of the final challenges that you get. Yeah, it was nice. And this was a, I'm glad this one made it in. I'm really, really chuffed about this one. Also, in this episode, Dominic Diamond name drops Jim Rosenthal. Mm. During the celebrity challenge, he looks like, Foreshadowing. can you give me your best Jim Rosenthal? And I was watching through and I was like, Jim! Because Jim will become a color, a color commentator in both series five and six. Sorry, in series six and seven. Yeah. So I was very pleased with that. So we're going to take a break now from counting down our favorite episodes, our top 10 episodes with our first interlude, where we are going to look at the biggest score differences between myself and Ash. So this is when we get to the end of the episode, one of us is ranked high and the other one is ranked low. This is the biggest gaps between those two scores. Because I would say, like, when we look at, you know, back through everything, we're mostly the same. It's like yeah. a couple of episodes, it's like a couple of percentage here, a couple of episodes, a couple of percentage here. It's a couple of percentage here, a couple of percentage there. These ones, though, there's quite a gulf. There is. This is the most we've disagreed on anything since Mince Pies. Or possibly Guns N' Roses. Uh, and Iron Maiden. And Iron Maiden. Yeah. I mean, basically, I'm right on all three, you're wrong on all three. That's kind of how it goes. I think that's probably fair. Yeah. That's probably fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I do have terrible taste in things. Someone immediately jumped in saying this must be the Baby Bomb episode. <laughs> no! I mean, yes. Oh, wait, yes. Yeah, yeah Baby Bomb does feature in this. But it's, but it's not the biggest difference, which is what it's shocked not. me. Yeah. So, number five in this countdown of biggest score differences uh, was season two, episode 25. So only one episode removed from one of our most popular, you know, highest rated episodes, which had Act Razor, Arm Champs 2, and Fiendish Freddy's Big Top of Fun. And I think this is the one where I went deep dive on the arm wrestlers, isn't it? Yeah, so you gave this 90%, I scored this 79 because yes. I, having rewatched the episode, I stand by it. I do think it is quite a boring episode um, with oddly two celebrity challenges in it. Yes, um, and I just, yeah, I just think it's a bit like it's it's not boring. It's just fine. Like that's the one thing I would say. You know, going back and rewatching all of these episodes, even the ones that we scaled quite lowly, there's no bad episode of Games Master. There's just some that are just fine. They're just okay, and I feel like this is one of those just like okay. But you fell into a bit of a rabbit hole deep dive. And I think looking back and you know, listening back to the podcast, that is what bumped up your, your score on this. It is fair to say that actually listening back to a lot of these episodes and finding out what we ranked and how, sometimes we're ranking these episodes high because of what the episode's like. Sometimes we're ranking these episodes high because of how much of a good time we had talking about it. Just a fun time. We're amazingly inconsistent in that regard, or we're consistently inconsistent. <laughs> But that was an 11-point difference. Bit of a jump for the next one. Number four, first episode of Series 5. They called it in the chat. It's Wipeout and Baby Rom. Yeah, okay, look. it's the, Comedy is subjective, right? Yes. Humour is subjective. Yes. And I think when we posted this episode, I had a real worry that I was going to be in the, the minority on this one because I don't like the Baby Rom challenge and I don't mm -hmm. like the, the juvenile middle finger that the, the the show throws to to, to critics uh, of, of series four but I, what we basically found was a bit of a 50 50 split there are some people who really like the baby rom challenge and think it's quite funny and there are some people who really don't like the baby rom challenge and think it's unfunny I've, i find it unfortunate that i fall into the dave perry camp that doesn't think it's very funny 
But also, you like getting your nips out, and I love getting my nips out, yeah. of course. But yeah, like it's you know, watching it back. It is just, it's a, a. I was a bit concerned. This was a worrying sign for the the back half of under consultation, where you've just got these young twenty something pricks essentially <laughs> they're just essentially just like yeah do you know what this show is this show is going to be nothing but us giving you all the middle you know splitting the flying v's just because you dared say that some of the games playing in series four wasn't all that great well you don't think that's great we've got fucking toddlers playing games now before we move on mm-hmm. i mean that was a 14 point difference because i was 88 you were 74 correct if baby rom had been an episode-long challenge they kept just going back and checking in on while the rest of the episode happened, would you be as harsh on it? If there was another proper challenge. So if you'd have had Wipeout, because the Wipeout challenges are quite good. Yeah. That, that's, that's really exciting as well, because it's on the PlayStation and stuff. It's really good. So if you'd have had that and, say, like, I don't know, a beat-em-up challenge or whatever the, you know, the third challenge of the episode is, and the middle challenge is baby wrong, and it is just something that just sort of, like, maybe it's a bit funnier... Actually, it might have made it worse. Because, oh, really? because, well, because then it's just then you're just laboring the joke. No, labor's already happened. That's why I they're suppose, there. Yeah, but I think you know we we have it split the audience. Yeah, I would say even like, in the chat, it's splitting the audience now. I I think like looking at the under consultation audience, this did split opinions much in the same way that it did in our scores, and much like mince pies continue to do. Well, you know they aren't they aren't essential for Christmas. They're essential because, you know, adverts have told us that they are, but the reality is they're just okay. Number three was Series 2, Episode 21, also just the other side of where we've just been in our top ten, which was Bill's Tomato Game, Super Probotector, and Evander Holyfield's Real Deal Boxing. I like this, 89%. You didn't, 75%. So only actually 1% removed either side from the last one for another 14 point difference. So this is a fascinating one to look back on when I was listening to the episode. I was like, why have we got such a gulf on this one? Because broadly, when you listen to the episode, we're all on the same opinion. Bill's Tomato game is totally fine. E17 are rubbish are on Super Probotector. And the Evander Holy... I'm glad you clarified that, because otherwise the E17 fan base would come after us. And the Real Deal Boxing Challenge is not very good. But your score comes from the fact that this is an iconic episode. Yeah. Thanks to Eurogamer. Yeah. Because Eurogamer wrote an article, Ellie Gibson wrote an article about how, you know, sort of the history of Games Master. And in that, she opens with the story of a guy or a kid who goes on to play that game against his sister. And he wins that fight. And the producer said, okay, let's just do one more. And he wins that fight. Okay, let's just do one more. And he wins that fight. Okay, let's just do one more. She wins, and that's the take they use. Cut, print, we're done. Cut, print, we're done. We got the story that we wanted. Yeah. So when we came to reviewing this, I just scored this as like, well, here's what I think of the episode. It's a 75% episode. It's a totally fine episode. We always said like 75 is the recommends points. And this was like, it's a recommend, but I wouldn't like, it's not one of my favorite episodes. I wouldn't go out of your way to go and see this. But your score has jumped up because you're like, no, this is a landmark episode of Games Master. I think it's because I had fun with the research. It's the same with the arm wrestlers. It was because of the fun I had doing the research and diving in and the story that I felt that was there to tell, which is fine. I think maybe the way to look at it is that from a episode of us point of view, 
and the information we impart, it is an 89% episode for us, like for as a podcast, but just as a piece of television on its own. Yeah, you're right. It's probably 75%. It's, it's, it it's is. the context. Yeah, it really is. Episode 21 of a 26 episode run series. Where it's like, well, so we got Bill's tomato game. I don't know. Put that on the show. At number two, with a 16 point difference, episode six of series one, Top Players Golf, Ski or Die, and Brat. You scored this 85. I scored this 69. Nice. nice. And the reason I scored this 69 nice. nice is because this is Pat and Mick doing lots of dick jokes and innuendos. And again, this is an episode that's like, we both did not like the golf challenge because it's visually very boring. It's and no it's, caravan. No, and it's, it's you, like, if you open up there, you know, after the challenge being like, look, we, we agree that we would not punch down on, on any of the challenges. But we said that about children. This man's a grown adult. He knew exactly what he was getting into. Oh, yeah. I think I, I don't think we ever said we wouldn't punch down on the challengers. I think we said we wouldn't punch down on children. Yes. Adults are fair game. And so he comes on, takes this very seriously, likes talking about golf and stuff. We yeah. do got a bit of attention talking about golf in this episode. But at the end of it, your high score comes from your enjoyment of Pat and Mick. Yeah. And, and doing all that. Basically, what they do is they out knob gag Dominic Diamond. And Dominic Times does not know how to respond to it. It's a rare moment. Yeah. And it's so, only one, actually, probably one of only uh, two times in this entire episode we're doing where Dom will have been left speechless. And the other is in the top 10. Yeah. So, my 69, funny enough, actually, my score is 68. But then you said, like, Dude, 69 is right there. Yeah. And I was, I was like, you're absolutely right. I, sh I should just give this the dignified 69 nice. Just to quickly divert onto a very small individual fact. I thought we did more. We only gave out six 69 nices over the entire run of Games Master. Three each. And two of mine are in this segment that we're talking about here because one of my other 69s is in our biggest difference episode. An episode that Ash gave 93% to, and I gave 69, a difference of 24%. I'm, just, I'm tempted to almost like leave it hanging to see if anyone can work out. Like give it a little 20 second thing to see if, like, see if the live chat catch up with us and might be able to work out which episode it could be. Because it's not baby wrong. No. We've already covered what that Baby I One I expected, before I'd put all the scores and tabulated, I thought Baby One would be the one. Me too. Not even close. I The only reason I knew it would be different, I knew it would probably be this one, is because I remember at the time us having quite a big difference. I didn't imagine it was this big of a difference, though. A 24 difference gap. Yeah. But the chat is finally catching up with us. Uh, oh, Misha's guess of Games Master Live. It's not that one. The one with Skitchin. It's not the one with Skitchin. No. But both in sort of like the right ballpark in terms of series. Yep. Should we reveal it? Let's reveal it. It's Series 3, Episode 16. It's The Adventures of Yogi Bear. It's Alfred Chicken. It's Greatest Heavyweights and it's Holiday Lemmings. And also, it was our first but not last appearance by one Mr. Biffo. This is the Christmas special, 1993. They take a break 
from the team championships, but follow the same format. And they do so by having three different Panto teams come in. Dick Bath, Dick Cronks. Yep. Big up the Cronks. And Aladdin. And Aladdin. <laughs> and, and, Somewhere's Aladdin. And, and, and Aladdin. And um, so they come in and they play quite poorly on Adventures of Yogi Bear in a really boring challenge. Alfred Chicken in a very boring challenge. And I would argue, and I'm going to go, I, you know, I was about to say I'm going to go on record here. This is record. This is the worst challenge in Games Master history. Uh, not just the worst challenge. I would argue it's the worst performance of those of this challenge as well. If you don't remember, the Holiday Lemmings challenge is, well, it's the training level. Yeah. So the Lemmings walk on the platform and then they fall down. And all you have to do is hover over the Lemmings as they fall and click the umbrella icon and make sure they get an umbrella and fall to safety. And then they walk into the completion hut. Yeah. So what both of these challenges are, and it's 90 seconds when you put both challenges together, is they move the mouse to one location and go click, 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 click. I mean, if it was Jimmy White, they'd call it a trick shot. <laughs> Damn, I was holding the Jimmy White joke going, wait for the opening, wait for the opening, you beat me to it. There's also a celebrity challenge here. Uh, a really bored Frank Bruno bringing yeah. his kid up on stage. Yeah, he's not having as much fun this time, probably because the diver's not there. He's not having fun. He's not doing his washing. His kid is not having fun. No. They're not having fun, despite the fact he's dressed as Santa and this should be fun. But it's your high score on this one was A, the sort of like the madness of it all. Oh, it's very mad. B, the end of school nature of it all, because this is clearly done at the end of the team championships because Dave's voice is shot to shit on this episode. He's like, the way to beat Yogi Bear is to collect the clocks. You've got to collect as many clocks as you possibly can. But you also enjoy just the panto nature of it all. And seeing some of the people, because some of the people, like there was, um, I forget the actor's name, but he plays Gus in Drop the Dead Donkey. And I'm a massive fan of Drop the Dead Donkey. And just seeing all these various people from different realms of entertainment in the uh, panto era of their career. And also, again, it was the research, because you remember I went into the archive and found all the posters showing who else was in the pantos and what else was running. I mean, I'm just a sucker for research, Matt. (laughs) But I... I actually rewatched this episode back because you say in the episode, oh, this will make it into my regular Christmas rotation of like, you know, Christmas specials that I'll watch. Yeah. And I've watched back the episode and I, I still think it's a bit cack. And I, I appreciate some of the fun. But even the Panto stuff, there's like five lines from the Panto lot in the entire episode. And part of the problem with this as an episode, um, and it's sort of like it's, it's series three as a whole, really is crikey there's just not a lot of time given to this after like 13 minutes they've done two challenges and a review zone yeah it is just and including that introduce the show introduce the format introduce dave perry introduce nine different games players do two challenges and a review zone featuring six games there's 13 minutes into the episode yeah it's too much and it's and like i actually forgot how much series three commentary is bad in the team championships because it's no 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 Dave's volume is here 
Dex's volume is here. It's, it's not even that. It's they can't hear each other. Yeah. So you've got Dave going like, you've got to get the clocks. If you walk to the right, you can get more clocks. And then to the, over the top of it, you've got, oh, I'm clocks. you got to get the clocks here. He goes, oh, yeah, the clocks. Oh, I want the clocks. Go to the clocks. If you grab as many clocks as you can. If you go to the left of the ball, go, oh, I hate the clocks. Oh, I hate the clocks over there. Oh, he's doing well. Why oh, give him a cheer. Why? It's pat pan, pat pan. It is. It's having watched now, like, the niceness of series five through series <laughs> seven of like, oh, oh, this commentary is so lovely because there's no studio audience here they have to shout over. It's it's much more palatable to mine ears. Yeah, I I get that. And uh, uh, Harriet's right. That was an uncanny Dexter Fletcher impression. But that was our top five uh, score differences. Should we go back to the countdown? Let's go back to the countdown and what it was in at number seven. Now, uh, of course, I should have said John Regis MBE. Uh, technically, you have that gone. What, what, what was it like when you got it? Where did you have to go? Buckingham Palace. Um, you know, for me, it was probably the most, the proudest day that I've ever had so far. You know, when I was younger, I always wished that I could ever, you know, go and see the Queen and receive one of those medals yeah. because you always thought it was somebody else who'd get it. But when uh -huh. my name came up in the list, you know, I was really happy. My parents came down. It was a tremendous day out and, you know, really chuffed. Did they, was there a party afterwards? Uh, there was in my house. All oh, right. <laughs> because, but you didn't have a party with the Queen? No. Because I want to know that. I mean, like, you know, if she has a bit of drink, she'll <laughs> bend over and start lighting her farts. <laughs> like um, but I guess... <laughs> I guess we won't know that. I bet Fergie does. I bet she. I bet well. she'd be the first one to get light in the bottle. <laughs> I probably won't get an MB. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no chance of that one. I think so. Uh, now, uh, Tony, well, I'll ask you a much, much classier question than that. I want to know what you look for in a short. <laughs> now, uh, we, you know, we see you guys running very graphically all the time. And uh, what's, what's the most important quality in a short? Well, the most important quality in a short is uh, comfort. And support. So stop, you know, stop things wiggling about and shaking about. Wiggling about? <laughs> Wait, wiggling sounds like it's small. It's not like small. Yeah, no, yeah I, mean, I, I probably wiggle. I mean, I'd imagine I most definitely wiggle. Or rock about. That's more like it. With a combined score of 94, a median score of 94, because we both scored this 94%, it is. Series six, episode three, Athlete Kings. As Dave Fisher said in the live chat there, I'm surprised this one isn't higher. Same. This is actually one of those episodes where when I got down this far in kind of putting all the scores in a spreadsheet, because we love spreadsheet, I was like, this is going to be in the top 10. Like, I, I thought this is going to be top, the top five. five. I'd have thought so. And it says a lot. I, this is not with any spoilers. There is... 3% separating this from our number one. Yeah. This is how crowded things get. So I think it's still very good and still maybe should be a bit higher. I can't 100% remind, you know, remember why we marked it down. I I can't remember why either. Like, I listened to the episode. We just liked this episode. Yeah. It's just that there were other episodes that we liked more or, you know, our scores are relatively inconsistent. And or stuff. we were tired. Yeah. But I think, like, that clip there sums up the episode for me because John Regis and Tony Jarrett go on to a show where they're told you're going to play some video games have fun and they're yep. like yeah that's fine you know, my agent signed me up for this a taxi's been booked for me I'll go there it'll be a fun little half day jaunt and I'll go home and I'll have me tea and I'll have a great time or I'll try to have a great time I don't really know what a video game is yeah 
And then you can literally see the penny drop in John Regis's eyes when he finds out what show he is on. And from then on, he is having a great day. Him and Tony Jarrett just have a great day. But this, it's that, and it's the best Dom and Rick commentary pairing. Yeah. They're great in this episode. Like Dom will reference this episode in the in the oral history of just like an episode that's, you know, one of his all-time favorite days. Cause this just felt like the most fun. This one this is one of those sh- days of shooting where I imagine they at the end of it are like, this doesn't feel like work. Let's go down the pub. Let's go down the pub. This feel like and I've I've had days like this in my day job yeah. where I'm, I'm making videos and stuff. Like we'll play a board game and stuff, and after a while I'm like, oh yeah, that was my job. That was my job today. That is what I get from watching this episode. Is like all four of them are just like, that was our job today. And yeah. it's great for it. It's so funny. And actually, yeah, recording the episode as well. It was just a case of this is fun. This, this is, is fun. an easy podcast yeah. to record. Um, Athlete Kings, what a game. Just a quick diversion. Luke, calm yourself. The Spice Girls were number one. They sure were. I've got a real feeling, and I don't know. I this. bet you do. <laughs> well, it's, I'm thinking of Jerry, sorry. Um, this feeling that I'm feeling. Uh, I have got a real feeling that at the end of the year, the Spice Girls are going to be in my top five artists uh, on, yeah. on Spotify Wrapped. Because we were listening to them. Spice Girls and Primus. Because we were listening to them a lot, you know, like because they were featured a lot in the latter half of, of mm. Under Consultation. But they've also made it into like, you know, various different playlists I've got. Like they're in my uh, Now That's What I Call Luke playlist. Yep. Uh, they're in my Joint Car playlist that I have with my wife. They're in our like Sunday morning playlist. They're just a lot of, across like lots of different playlists I have on Spotify. And I think by that metric, they're going to be in my top five most played artists at the end of the year. I will check in in a couple of months. Uh, something that probably won't be in your playlist or watch history was the number one film, Dracula, Dead and Loving It. Who'd have thunk it? 1996 had some tastes. Yeah, who'd have thunk it? But this episode, it's just a good episode. I think we said it's one of the essential episodes this is of one Series of essential 6. Episodes. Uh, or of just of all time, time yeah. absolutely of all time. And uh, I think it was said in chat, Athlete Kings it is one of the best multiplayer games of that generation, not just for the Saturn, but for multi-tap fun. As soon as I saw this episode, I'm like, that is a future UCP live event. Yeah. Doing something on this. Get the joypads, get the multi-taps out. It can't just be all Bomberman. We're going to do this. Um, we got the obligatory Hello Paula. Yeah. And Dominic questioning where she's moved to this time. She appears to be on the run. And yeah, it was over four events. We had the 100 meter, the long jump, the 110 meter hurdles and javelin for our events. And it wasn't a close competition. New. It wasn't even a near competition. It was just a lead that kept extending. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it's a really, really fun challenge. Um, and you also got very excited in the news portion of this mm. because there's a feature on the Independence Day CD-ROM. Which I now am very, very certain I had. Yeah, you were very, very certain that you had. Um, I had a blast with this episode. It's a really, like, this is an all-timer. Absolutely. Well, let's dive into our next entry. What's in at number six? Hello, and welcome to the all-new thumb-numbing joystick-thrashing games master. Sadly, this poor chap burned himself out on level two. But you'll be pleased to see that Auntie Marisha survived intact. Oh dear, thank you. 
So now we've moved up a level. The Games Masters Academy, level three, where only the best players get to win. No more of this walk in, sit down, play some silly challenge and then go in with a joystick. No. Now I'm in charge, and so I've changed all the rules. What I've done is I pulled the whole lot together and made each show into one, a mega mongus challenge. Sound good? We ain't seen nothing yet. Let's go over to the old Games Master and see what he's got for us on tonight's curriculum. Games Master! Welcome to my academy. It feels like home already, and very cosy it is too, since I acquired my pussy, Roger. Now, before we get into it, first of all, Culture Beat, Mr. Vane was the top song, and This Boy's Life was top of the movies. Fine. We missed a lot of great songs and films in between seasons, but I thought season three might make it into the top ten. I was shocked that it was this episode. I know why, having gone back and watched it and listened to it, but it's an episode that starts fairly brutally and actually really hurts some feelings with that red blazer gag. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's kind of the clip you've got to use because it is one of the most iconic moments of the episode. And that's saying a lot when you've got the actual Johnny Cage and the actual Sonya Blade on the episode. Yeah, this is a Mortal Kombat special. And I think that's what kind of like indeed is a lot to the episode listening back to it. Because there's, you know, the, the Red Jacket... Series 3, episode 1, just because I realised I don't think we said that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and that is the, the Mortal Kombat episode. Uh, we also had Daniel Pacina on the show who features within this episode with a combined score, a median score of 94% once again. Um, so it's actually tied with Athlete Kings. Yeah. Um, uh, 93 for me, 95 for you, I want to say. No, no, both 94. Oh, we were both 94. <laughs> both 94 on that one. Ah, gotcha. So this episode ranked so highly for us. Kind of it's the excitement of Series 3 and a little bit of difference in, in Episode 3, or Series 3 rather. But I loved it because it's themed around Mortal Kombat. Every challenge is Mortal Kombat. We have a Mortal Kombat challenge at the start, we have a Mortal Kombat challenge at the end, and we have a celebrity challenge on Mortal Kombat with stars of Mortal Kombat. And I remember there's this being excitement in the air when we're recording the episode, listening back to it. I'm just like... There's some really cool things that season three can do and like these little mini tournaments and stuff. It's a complete change of format now. There's actually really only one challenge. There's two challenges, but there's the same contestants. There's only yeah. one winner at the end of things. And one joystick to drop the production costs. So it's it was this really like exciting period of time. And I still think this series, I think this episode holds up. It's a really, really good episode. And there's this real buzz of excitement about Mortal Kombat dropping. I think what does this episode a lot of favours and kind of helps put aside the cheap shot at Dom and also we weren't going to punch down on children, but Akbar is a dick. Yeah, Akbar is. He's quite a dick in the this. The crowd turn against him. Yeah. Like there is no sympathy for this kid losing because he's a gobby little shite. Also, like it's we get to cover a broad spectrum of... Uh, Mortal Kombat as well because yeah. we get we get it on both the snares and on the Mega Drive as well. So you can see like the no blood version and the gravy the, version and the blood version as yeah. well. It's really really cool. I'm I'm just so pleased to to see that this made in. And I think when we started this podcast, we probably wouldn't have guessed that a series three episode wouldn't end up in the top ten. Bear in mind that when we started this, everyone was like, "Oof." We were like that, mate. Wait, wait till you get to series three. Oof. Wait till you get to series three. And it is worth saying that while this is an entirely Mortal Kombat themed episode, they do also review it and give it 81%. <laughs> it's a high score. Ish. 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 Super Street Fighter 2 is also reviewed for the SNES and gets 86%. 
And then we're on to the making of the game, which is where we also see more from Daniel Pacino, who was a guest on this episode. Really, there are some guests that I'm nervous to talk to. Or there are some guests that I think are going to be like five minutes and out the door and that's it. He was so generous with his time and his humour and his recollections, most of which we left in. Um, yeah, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it was it was just a lovely episode. And I think maybe having that interview did also push it up a bit. And I wonder if not for Akbar and not for that cheap shot at the beginning, would this episode have actually gone even higher? It could have done. I uh, I went heavy in on the research on this episode. Uh, I, I've kind of dived into a lot of the history of Mortal Kombat because it's one of my favorite games to talk about and one of my favorite histories to talk mm. about. So the episode is like, it was one of my favorite episodes to edit. It's also the first episode I've ever edited of Under Consultation before you've touched it. Because usually you would do like the content cuts, like the edit, yeah. the, the content edit, and then pass it to me and I will put clips in and stuff and, and like just trim some other bits out to try and cut the length down. This is the first episode where you just gave me the entire raw file. I think there said, was a disaster or something going on at the time. And just said, have at it. And yeah. so I just edited from start to end the whole thing. It's back in ages to, to get through as well because I wanted to make sure that I was like, I, I got down into so much Mortal Kombat music and the arcade music and stuff and to create this big soundscape of a more... If, if the episode's going to be themed around Mortal Kombat, I wanted our podcast to also yeah. feel like it's a celebration of Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Although, that content edit stuff, that's the brutal part, isn't it? That's where we cut out a lot of, like, the guff. Yeah, but it, it takes... Like, when I do the complete edits, once I get to the end of the content edit, I'm like, oh, the easy bits here now. Because <laughs> I've already got rid of all the fluffs and ums and ahs. Although, listening back to some of the episodes for the top ten, I'm like, how the hell did I miss that? Uh, same here, because yeah. like I, my, the part of my edit is the second pass of like taking out some of the ums, the the and things like that, and you no, know, they're present and correct in series one episodes and some of the series two episodes as well. Yeah, but the actual main Mortal Kombat challenge itself it started on the SNES as Chris and Paul, who were brothers, uh, faced each other. Chris won. Akbar faced Martin, called him a loser, and Akbar won. And so it was Akbar versus Chris for the final. And that left us on the Mega Drive Mortal Kombat, so the one with the blood. And it was also, I think, the first time that, and also the first time that Games Master addressed the host. Like, I think this is pretty much the only time in all of Games Master this season when the Games Master refers to the host by name, because there's a number of times. And I guess it's because the Games Academy is meant to be like the, the headmaster. He's like, get on with it, Fletcher. Get on with it, Fletcher. What are you doing, Fletcher? Yeah, Where's right, right, right. Fletcher at? Where's Fletcher at? It's turning into porridge. <laughs> oh, Games Master, I don't know, mate. Where am I? <laughs> I'm in a room. <laughs> Clocks. <laughs> but uh, it's Sub-Zero Sub versus Scorpion. Akbar loses. He gets toasty fatalities for his trouble. And the audience just boo him, even though he lost. And Dexter's like, no, he's lost. You're meant to show sympathetic. I mean, he is a little shit, but show some sympathy. And the crowd are like, nah, he was a right git. And he does look thoroughly chastised until he's like, well, I gave him a chance. I shouldn't have given him a chance. And that's when the winner goes, yeah, he gave me a chance. And I just took advantage of that. And Akbar decides to double down and goes, yeah, well, I'm going to beat you up in the parking lot. <laughs> All right, settle down, mate. It's only a video game. This was a lot of fun to record because I remember so we were kind of dreading it. And then we started in on series three and we're like, 
okay, tonally, it's a whiplash. Oh, isn't it just? And like, it's going back and watching those series three episodes. I got like almost PTSD flashbacks of taking notes on those episodes. I'm just like so many notes that you need to take on those ones. But um, but yeah, it was the start of a new era of Games Master, a one and done season of half a season, because of course, halfway through, we all changed again. And I'm kind of glad that Series 3 made it into the top 10. I wish Series 8 had. I wish the reboot had. I wish we had every era of Games Master represented in the top 10. Yeah. But it's. I'm glad that Dexter, at least within our ranking, gets it. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Flowers. But we have reached the halfway point. What made it into number five? Some prizes. We've got a Channel 4 big wig, a Mr. Mike Miller. He's over there. Now, Games Master comes under the heading of sport, and Mike's in charge of sport for Channel 4. Tell me, what did you think of the championship, Mike? It was Megamongus. Yes! Okay, you've got some joysticks you want to hand out to the guys here. Now, this is our runners up trophy Games Master Golden Joystick. Big round of applause! This is our special jewel-encrusted Games Master Golden Joystick. Each member of the winning team gets one of them as well. Get a big cheer! Well done to all the guys. Okay, well, there's not much more for me to say than bye-bye. I've had a great time. The team championship has been really good. I should think we'll be doing it again. See you again. This team will be back, yeah? Great stuff, all right? Well, what can I say? But over to the Games Master for the final word. Thanks for watching. See ya. It gives me great pleasure to thank all the teams who have taken part in this ultimate celebration of games playing skill. My hearty congratulations to this year's winner. Now, mark my words, after a well-earned rest, I'll begin the search again for the world's greatest game. Till next time. We're gonna need more flowers. <laughs> 
with a median score of 94.5 and 95 from you and 94 from me. It is Series 3, Episode 26, Cybermorph, Rise of the Robots, Sonic CD, and Street Fighter 2 Turbo and Striker. It's the finals of the team championships. As you'll notice by the caption on the video, if you're watching the video version of this, I really had to struggle to fit this all in. That's why Rise of the Robots is Rotor. It's Megamongus. It is. As an episode. Although I think if we had have done the interview that comes after this episode before we'd recorded it, maybe our opinions on it would have slightly changed because we spoke with Sam of the, the Humberside Hawks mm. a lot, actually quite a while after we'd finished recording um, the end of Series 3 and the team championships. And as you know, we've, we've, has been quite sort of like documented on this podcast, there's a bit of controversy around that final challenge of it being striker and Sam essentially being threatened and bullied by one of the other uh, contestants that was on the other team. And that's why they're sort of a bit sheepish and a bit quiet at the end. And there's also some controversy in the Rise of the Robots challenge. In fact, so much so that I was like, legal letters and things yeah. like that and, and parents tried to sue the production company this episode's a fucking mess if we'd had that interview before we reviewed this episode this would have been number one in the score differences because given my kind of taste i would have gone like this is a 98 percent episode this is great it's got drama intrigue death threats lawsuits and you'd have been like this was a shit show 65 it is like it's gained like Dominic Diamond has talked about this at length as well, about this episode is an absolute mess of an episode. And there's a reason why they never went back to doing the team championships because it was an, a disaster of a run. But when we reviewed this episode and we just had the episode that was in front of us, it genuinely did feel like the end of what was a pretty epic run. It was like, I think, a lot of ups and downs in the team championships. Some of it was really great. Some of it was really bad. The idea of it solid enough. The execution of it was terrible enough. But there is some like little, there's a little sparkle of magic in there. And it kind of yeah. culminates. Like This genuinely feels like a landmark event episode, the end of the team championships. And it's only now with the information that we have that it's sort of like marred some of the, the feelings, and certainly that I have on the episodes. Yeah, I mean, to quickly run down the episode, this episode is all uh, final. There is no reviews, there's no news, there's nothing. The only video packages we get are the introduction for our three teams. Uh, we've got the Humber Hawks, Humberside Hawks, we've got the Mega Maniacs, and the Elite Three. And the first challenge, Cybermorph, uh, the Humber Hawks, steam ahead on that one. Cybermorph, where did you learn to fly? See, that's the thing. They were trying to go with the cutting-edge games, which is also why we then get Rise of the Robot. And at the end of that, um, the Elite Three go home. Yeah. And they're, they're Everyone the... loses in the Rise of the Robots challenge, but the Elite Three most of all. They're the team with the parents that tried to sue Hewland and, and the production and everything because they were given kind of like duff joysticks and stuff, and the game crashed and it didn't work properly. And they felt that it was not actually a fair competition. I mean, it wasn't. They were asking him to play Rise of the Robots. To a very broken game. Yeah. Poor Brian May. Well, no, he was sensible. He kept as much of his music out of it as possible. Uh, but then we went on to Sonic CD, uh, which the Hawks took, because it became Elimination now, best two out of three. So, yeah, the Hawks took the first challenge of Sonic CD. The Mega Maniacs pulled it back with Street Fighter 2 Turbo. 
And then it all came down to the final. I mean, it didn't need to. This episode would have been slightly less packed if it had just been a two a two kind of game victory. And so we go down to Striker, which has appeared on the show before, but we haven't seen it. Yes. It's, one, it's the missing challenge. It's the missing challenge. And this is where the, the, the controversy comes from our interview with Sam, because apparently, uh, according to Sam, they, because it came down to this final challenge, they wanted to put on a challenge that neither team had played. Yeah. And the Mega Maniac suggested Striker. And Sam popped up and said, they've already played that. And that was where the threat yeah. came in. And he didn't say anything more. So they played Striker. So the Mega Maniacs essentially went into it with a massive advantage, having already played the game, which yeah. was not what the team championship final was supposed to be. No. So but that's also slightly down on production. You should have had the games already like lined up rather than asking the players, well, what do you want to play? <laughs> yeah, it was a I mean, it was fairly I mean, Games Master is always fairly chaotic. One take, where's the time for retakes? We don't have those. That's true of yeah. the original run. It's true mostly of the reboot. But looking at it in the isolation we looked at at the time, this episode deserves its place because, like a number of other episodes that we have looked at and we will look at again, it's unique. Mm -hmm. It was the only final of the team championship. It featured a huge cast of games, uh, some of which are good, some of which are bad, but all of which are iconic to some degree. Cybermorph is iconic to a degree. Rise of the Robots, for all of the wrong reasons, is iconic to a degree. Street Fighter Two Turbo, Sonic CD... Okay, yeah, Striker lets it down a bit. Well, Str Striker's iconic because we hadn't seen it before. True, even though they said we had. So there we go. Within our own canon, it's iconic. And we also get this very weird moment, which you've just seen, which is Mike Miller from Channel 4 presenting the trophies. And I like, was, think was, it was Megamongus. Megamongus. That's the word I've written on my hand when you go in out, my combat jacket. When you go out there and he asks you what you think, you're going to tell him it was Megamongus. Okay, just say, say it back to me. Megamongus. Megamongus. You'll, you'll get it when you get out there. It was Megamongus. It was Mighty Mouse. <laughs> and then, like, it's, it's actually quite sad in hindsight as well watching back that episode because it's just Dexter being like we had a great time doing this I reckon we'll do it again do you reckon we'll do it again I, I, I think we will do it again Megamongus like yeah I think we'll do it again these people want to see us do it again let's start a game so oh yes I think we will probably do this again series 4 fucking none of that's come <laughs> back and I think I said at the time I can't remember if I made it into the edit I think it sadly didn't I actually really like team championships I, I like think it's a great idea it's it's bad in execution. We we addressed this throughout the podcast run of, of you know those long episodes, but it is um, it it's a mess. But the, the idea is there. I think we said if you'd have stuck with it, like if they'd have stuck to their guns and done it again, they'd have refined the team championships and done it better second time around. Yeah. Should we go straight on to number four? Oh, well, why not then? Yeah. So number four. That's really nice. I, I feel like Silla Black. I feel like Silla Black about twice a week, actually, to tell you the truth. Uh, finally, Daniel Ed, do you ever feel like Silla Black? Uh, once a month, yeah. Once a month. <laughs> okay. Right, okay. So, what we're going to have here is uh, these two are going to take on probably the most frightening character in the game, Baraka. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Mr. Baraka, sir, um, is it okay to shake your hand, Mr. Baraka, sir? Okay, lovely. Thank you for coming on. We know you're a busy man. Um, let's take a look at these weapons you've got there, Mr. Baraka. Look at these. That's pretty scary. Um, bit of a problem picking the old nose, though, I'd imagine, though. No? Not at all. Okay. Yes. <laughs> 
that this episode, I, when I thought this episode would feature in the top 10, I'd have said, not at all. <laughs> but it turns yeah, out that it it's did. It's now Pacino Baraka. <laughs> it is episode one of series four. Do you think that episode ones of new seasons might get slightly bumped up scores from us? Maybe sometimes, but also I think in the case of series three, it's because it was a brave new world and they're having to do something new. And series four, it's also a brave new world because Dominic's back. He's grumpy. He's also got way more creative control. He's got way more money. And they're trying to now establish what Games Master 3.0 looks like. Because Games Master 1.0 was series one and two. Uh, then you had Games Master 2.0 and 2.5, which was series three. And so now we're on Games Master 3.0, working out what it looks like going forward. And again, by making it a big deal for Mortal Kombat is a great way of doing it because Mortal Kombat 2, still a controversial game, but also this time, all platforms are on an even footing. Our third appearance of Mortal Kombat yeah. in the top 10 as well. This is uh, episode one of series four, Mortal Kombat 2, Super Sidekicks 2, and Earthworm Jim. Ash scored it 94%. I scored this 96 with a median score of 95 well, you may be G'd up by the fact that the future Mrs. Dominic Diamond was top of the charts when we did this. <laughs> Wiggers was up there. And The Mask was number one, another favourite of yours. Another favourite of mine. But really, like it's it's Mortal Kombat 2 and Earthworm Jim in this. Plus Frank Skinner. Yeah. Uh, and the Slippery yeah. Challenge as well. Like This is an episode. It's funny as well because it's the last episode of Games Master without a news feature. Yeah. because And it's, when we interviewed Dominic Diamond, he was convinced that they didn't start doing the news items until season five of the show. And you and I were like, no, you did them in series four. And he went, no, we didn't. We're like, no, 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 you do. You just don't do them in episode one. And it was at that point I realized, oh, when Dominic Diamond was trying to, you know, rec recollect series four, he just watched episode one of series four and was like, right, that's it. That's all. That's exactly what series four was. That's what, it, that was the thing. That's exactly how it was. But I love Earthworm Jim. It's also a bit of a, an episode of legend as well, because Virgin got very upset with Games Master from this episode going out because they believed that the leak of Earthworm Jim yeah. came from Games Master because they gave them early access, like gave them a ROM chip and stuff. And then the game leaked out. And they blame Games Master for it. Shocking. Yeah, I know. Do you remember the, the statue, the little squash statue that's all broken and stuff? And they, <laughs> they're handing to them as well. It's a, I believe it's called a maquette. <laughs> it's, it's a brilliant, brilliant episode for that. I, I love everything. That's Three great challenges and a brilliant feature that ties into its final challenge, which is yeah. something I really liked about the change of style of, of Games Master going into Series 4. And yeah, Baraka being there a baraka costume that looks great in the game doesn't hold up to tv broadcast standards because it's like well you can clearly see the guy's head moving around inside yeah but also you go from those early days of mortal kombat and indeed street fighter where special moves were just punches and kicks and maybe an uppercut here we are mortal kombat 2 challenge and okay let's leave aside the fact of whether baraka was actually playing but duff versus baraka baraka wins with a fatality Daniel versus Baraka, Daniel wins with a fatality, and then Zen versus Baraka, and Baraka wins friendship. It's so good as well because, like, they have this moment where he's playing, and he's like, and that's it, finish him. And they have a close up of Baraka going mm. to, to his opponent, and then they do friendship, which we will then see again in series eight. Yeah, you're going to be my friend now. It's, it's so good. We have reviews of 
AVP. Arguably on, the best game on the Jaguar. On the Jaguar. Balls on the Mega Drive. Arguably one of the worst fighters uh, on the Mega Still Drive. Still got 80%. Yeah, uh, uh, remarkably so. And Smash Tennis on the SNES. And that was a review that you and I talked about at the time being like, this is a clear change in Games Master now because this is a game that's like a year old, but they just wanted to talk about it on this show because they really, really like it. It's a really good game. Yeah. It still is a really, really fun 16-bit tennis game. Great multiplayer on it. And yeah, we then went over to the Neo Geo, still holding in there for Series 4 for some football. Frank Skinner taking on normal bloke Hugh Williams. Uh, Brad Burton is on comms, still being Brad. It's, it's Brad before they started to dub him. Yes. It's, it's Brad before they re-recorded all of his commentary with an impersonator. This is David Prowse Brad. <laughs> exactly. This is, a, this is actual OG Brad before they basically hired me in to be like, can you do your Brad Burton impression? Yeah. Oh, Christ. But uh, somehow we end up with sudden death penalties, although it might not have gone that way if uh, Frank Skinner had realised that they didn't actually change sides yep. at halftime. O-S-N-K. <laughs> You wacky developers not fully grasping football. And uh, what else? Yeah, Consultation Zone was all Mortal Kombat. That was it. It was a Mortal Kombat special, including giving the entire generation and nation of children. Um... Oh, no, wait, that was was that the first Mortal Kombat? Because I remember Games Master gave out the blood code on television. He did, yeah. That was in Series 3, I think. Oh, right. Okay, I misremembered that one. But anyway, they earned their midway monies in this Consultation Zone. And then we're on to that feature in the Earthworm Gym Challenge with the statue, which I'm still not 100% certain they should have given away. I, I love the combination of the feature and final challenge. We get a lot of that in Series 3. We get it with um, Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Yeah. Uh, we get it with Donkey Kong Country, um, which features no one famous that we know in that challenge. No, they disappeared into obscurity. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they, they, they went on to do absolutely nothing with their lives. No. Um but yeah, it's, probably I, lost the joystick as well. I I like how some of these things were were combined together. Plus, I think that the hype of Dominic Diamond returning, yeah, played a I mean, big. We were hyped. But it, it played a big factor into the scores that we gave this episode. Yeah, but we've made it into the top three, earning the bronze award. What is it? chance to play video games in your hectic schedule? Um, I do that when I sit in airplanes. Uh-huh. Yeah, I play Game Boy. Uh-huh. And what's your, what's your favourite? I love you, Wakefield. I'm sorry. I love you too. <laughs> this is a fantastic start. No, I'm serious. I have to say, I've been like fighting against it since the start of the show. Yeah. And uh, I think you're fantastic. Thanks. You're a very attractive girl. You're a rock legend. And you've obviously got pots <laughs> of cash after Saturday Night Let's Face It. I'm so... a girl to marry. Well, funny you should say that, because... Can I have your hand, please? <laughs> will, you, will you marry me, Wakefield? No, I can't. Oh, well, listen, I don't want to rush you, right? I'd like to, you know, I get shy. I'll give you a bit of time to think okay. about it, okay? okay. I'll call you so, tomorrow. Like, by, no, by the end of the show, I'm afraid, we can get it all set up, right? Well, we can you have to help me to, to win the game, then. If you do the challenge, then, you will marry me? Yeah. Uh, okay, right, before I completely lose the plot entirely, we're going to work out exactly what we're going to do about this uh, possibly fantastic, but uh, probably quite embarrassing situation. So we'll take a short break. I swear it had to be one of these episodes, didn't it? I would have been shocked and actually checked our scores triple if this had not made it into the top 10. It is, of course, there were some challenges. Uh, GoldenEye was <laughs> top of the box office. Robson and Jerome were top of the pops. But let's be honest, despite Virtua Fighter 2 and the actual challenge she played, this is the wedding episode 
of Games Master. This is the moment when Wickfield, you can see, doesn't quite know what's about to happen, but just decides, ah, fuck it. This, I think, is the most famous episode of Games Master. Tied with Mario Gate. Yes, tied with Mario Gate, but I think this is the episode, if you asked, like, you know, Joe Bob on the streets, what are your memories of Games Master? This would be one of the things that they might, if they remember Games Master at all. This would be one of the things they would remember. The episode where Dominic Diamond marries Wigfield because she wins a challenge on Joe. I bet, actually, I bet you know, no one remembers the challenge itself. They just remember that Dominic marries Wigfield. If you ask Mike McShane in a completely random vox pop, this is the episode he'd remember. It is episode 13 of series five. As you mentioned, it's Virtual Fighter 2 and Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island. You scored this 96. I scored it 95 for a median score of 95.5. I know I was sort of like writing up my notes like when I was re-watching this. I've just written, oh, it's the Wigfield episode. And that's pretty much all I needed to write. I was like, that is why this episode is so high. It's the Wigfield episode. Plus, you know, it's a really good Virtual Fighter 2 challenge. There is a stonky Virtual Fighter 2 challenge. It's a great challenge. But it's the Wigfield episode. And the thing is, we get to see Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 in the news. But it's the Wigfield episode. Yep. We get to see a virtual supermarket, which is kind of weird, but also kind of predictive. But it's the Wigfield episode. Uh, we get to see Johnny... Mnemonic. But it's the Wigfield episode. In the reviews, Virtual Fighter 2 gets reviewed 95%. But it's the Wigfield episode. Donkey Kong Country 2 gets 95%. But Luke... It's the Wakefield episode. Time Crisis 2, despite being a quid to go in the arcades, gets 90%. But Luke... It's the Wigfield episode. How is this not number one? <laughs> I, I think it's not number one because it's, it's not my favourite episode of the show. But it no. is the most famous episode of the show. And I think that kind of like played a part into our scoring of this. Listening back to the podcast, we are like, look, you, we have to give this a high mark. This is like a this is a genuine landmark episode of, of this broadcast, of this legacy that the show has. And it is really funny. It is so funny, particularly once like Wiggers gets in on it. Yeah. Once Wiggers just decides to roll with it. And this is also one of my favorite moments of Dominic just losing control of where he is because he goes into this going. I'm going to propose to Wigfield. I'm going to get down on one knee. We're going to have um, whatchamacallit dress up as a priest. It's going to be great. And he's fine. He's in control. Kirk's great. Until the moment where he's throwing to commercial or news or whatever it was, and she starts stroking his hair. And at that point, you can just see Dominic's soul leaves his body <laughs> and ascends to actual heaven because he's like, well, okay, this didn't come up in discussions. He, I'm having my earlobes fondled by an international pop superstar. Because he did well fancy Wigfield, Who did didn't? Dominic Diamond. Everyone fancied Wigfield. It's a really Wigfield caught a glimpse of herself in the mirror and went, It's a very fun episode. Oh, yeah. Like when this came up, the live chat was just like, Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm, 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 this makes sense that's in the top three. Why wouldn't it be? I mean, it says a lot where there isn't a lot to say about this. In fact, the higher we get, I think the less. For the most part, we're going to have to justify these because this is just a great episode. This is a, definitely, if you're going to show three episodes of Games Master to someone, regardless of what you think of the next two entries, this is just, you know, everyone agreed, this is the great episode. This, Athlete Kings, and one of the others we're going to talk about. So, episode, so, number two, this genuinely, this surprised me no end that not only was this episode in the top 10 it was number two of the best episodes that we've ever done
the Future Entertainment Show. You've got to see it to believe it. And just to prove we are live, in case you don't believe it, are you lot? What's the time? There you are, you can't get much liver than that. Right, we've got the usual stuff for you on the show. We're going to be looking around the show later on, the Future Entertainment Show. You can check that out. We've also got lots of challenges and a knockout celebrity challenge. You've got to see that. Right, we better go with the first challenge. Shall we go with the first challenge? Well, they look eager, don't they? Well, just have to go to the Games Master, find out what the first challenge is. Games Master! We're going to get lynched. Oh, we did the live chat. Exploded. If one person used like Will Zeg, I'm like, get stuffed. <laughs> <laughs> but this is it's episode ten of series three. It's the live episode. You gave this episode ninety six percent. I gave this episode ninety six percent. I was really relieved. We were both equally mad on this one because when I saw this was in at number two. I was like, oh, we're going to get comments. But then I watched it again, and I'm like, no, it deserves this. And I can say why. Because we've done a live show now. Now, admittedly, the video is still question mark. Maybe I'll be able to do something. Maybe I won't. But we were able to run relatively smoothly a multi-challenge uh, live episode without major breaks in recording. So almost broadcast as live with modern technology, with HDMI switchers, with vision mixers, with multiple assistants on stage, with um, uh, with save states, with rewind, with multiple controllers, multiple systems up and running, all of this stuff was set up. And then I look at them doing this back in the mid-90s with analog video, with beta boards, with needing to reboot consoles for every single challenge. This episode, as chaotic and batshit and fucky as it is, deserves this place, not only for that, but because this is the quintessential perfect snapshot of how insane gaming was, particularly live gaming events like Expos, like Games Master Live, like all those were at this period in time. We saw previous clips of the last Games Master Live. It wasn't as mad and good as this. I'm sorry, but it wasn't. And what they achieved, even though we never got the end of the episode, is landmark. They never did it again, but by God, they deserve the notes for having tried it in the first place. And you all shouldn't be surprised this is here because I teed you up earlier that Sonic Blast Man would be back. Yeah. Because Sonic Blast Man is the celebrity challenge on this episode. I know why this is so high in our scoring. And it's for a lot of those reasons that you just said then. But on the episode, we're like, God, they're mad bastards for even attempting this. And it is just, it's watching Dex and it's watching Tim really flounder as they're filling for time to, while Rick Henderson makes his debut trying to switch over Street Fighter, trying to switch over Aladdin and stuff. It is, it's a hell of an attempt. It swings for the fences and mostly hits. It's just that the ending just gets cut off. But the madness of this episode is why you and I were so high on this. Also, shout out to season three. Three episodes in the top ten. I don't think anyone would have predicted that when we started this show. I sure shit wouldn't. I still, I'm still not sure. I'm still going to go, do I need to go back and listen to the episodes again? But then again, I watch the episode and I look at the content and I'm like, this is what it was like being a gamer at that period of time. 
seeing Quasar as part of the news feature. Dexter running around playing Quasar. I'm like, Love I remember feature. going to Quasar. Oh, you and I were so high on that feature yeah. in the podcast episode because we're like, it's not a great feature because you don't really get to see anything and it's Dexter Fletcher doing a bad American accent trying to pretend that this burger he's eating is really nice. Like, oh, it's a proper American burger. Yeah, I'm having an American burger. It's American time. It's like, no, that's every burger that you get at the XL Center, mate. It's such a shit burger that he, despite the fact he played an American on Press Gang for multiple years, he loses the ability to do an American accent convincingly. Also, the band that they interview are there to represent UBI Soft. UBI Soft. <laughs> Someone should tell Ubisoft they've been saying it wrong for 30 years. But you and I, like, reviewing that segment, we're just like, when we reviewed this episode, we were in the pandemic. Yeah. We were in lockdown. We were at home. It's, like, mid-2020. And you and I just go, God, I miss conventions. Yeah. I miss being able to go out and go to conventions and do this. Because we talked about like the conventions that you and I had to cancel our trips and our plans that we had. Like We were gonna go to the Blackpool Play Expo. That's exactly it. Like that we had like some big plans that we wanted to do in 2020 and do because we were like this was like the first full year of our podcast. We were gonna go out, we were gonna try and like spread our name around as much as possible. And all of those plans went out the window because of a pandemic. And so there's a lot of this episode that's just like this has made me really nostalgic, not just for Games Master, but for, in a way, 2019, when I could just go out. Yeah, it and just other things in that news feature as well. Mr. Blobby, our first canonical appearance of Mr. Blobby. Is, He's yeah. been mentioned in the podcast, but there Gunging. he is in there. Gunging is in this episode. Gunging is there. Also, and this is why I think I ranked it so highly, never mind all the nostalgia, three words, lip, Ribbon microphones. Yeah, when I was listening back to this episode, I was like, yeah, forward 30 seconds a few times here, because Ash is about to talk about lip ribbon microphones for a bit. That's all right. I did it every time Spice Girls came up. But as I really enjoyed watching back this episode as well. I I ragged on Tim Boone a bit in Early mm. Doors Season 3 because he was doing my editing. But he's brilliant in this episode, in the Sonic Blast Man Challenge, because he starts talking about like, oh, well, a regular punter on this game, someone like a you and I, we'd score around this. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see what our, our celebrities are going to do here because you know, it's like Barry McGuigan and then this. And yeah. like it's, it's proper like professional boxers and stuff. Knowing full well, they're about to break this machine and get massive scores. But Tim Boone underplays it so perfectly about like what a regular punter would do that when you know, Barry McGuigan gets his massive score on it. You're like, whoa, look how big, if, if only if Tim Boone's doing that, look how hard he is. Like, it's so, so good. And then Nigel Benn steps up and it's not as much of a, like a demolition as it was the last time we talked about this, but it is a comfortable win. And also these are two professional boxers against each other, different weight classes, but two professional boxers. And, you can still see that machine move when it's punched. Yeah. And I, because I think I, I actually should go back and look, but I think you can see someone behind it bracing. Oh, yeah. They're, they're probably yeah. Like bracing it. Yeah. It's, it's also the last time that we're going to see Sonic Blast Man in Games Master. And I think it's because they busted up this machine. Yeah. It's like we're not sending you another one. <laughs> they're expensive. They're still expensive. They're really difficult to see the originals now in retro arcades. Um, Heart of Gaming had a similar one that was based on Fist of the North Star with six pads. And they're difficult to, to keep up and running. But this is where it is because it's the live episode. And I think if they tried this again with Series 4, Series 5, Series 6, Series 7, and if they wanted to, they could have. 
In fact, it would have gotten easier as time went on. Then this might still be in the top 10, but it would be in the lower. Yeah. It would be in the lower reaches. This is, I'm so pleased they tried it. Yeah. I'm almost more glad that it failed in, in, in the way that, like, because it just, here, like, okay, so I rewatched this episode. Here are the notes that I made. It's impressive they tried this. It just fails. It just ends. If they'd cut the consultation zone, they'd have been fine. Why the fuck is the consultation zone in this? Because they were doing it. If they'd done it on a 30-minute tape delay, they'd yeah. have been fine. And that's the thing. Doing it as live, so even just with an hour tape delay or whatever, 30 minutes, would have been fine. They could have actually then gone, oh, shit, we need to cut the consultation zone. Oh, we need to trim a few bits out here. Even with the live edit suites of 92, it would have been possible. It wouldn't have been quite as seamless as you can do now with a box that's the size of a pack of milk tray. But they could have done it. Yeah. But, yeah. And also the fact that the credits are rolling while the challenge is still going. It's so, it's so good. It's so good. I don't think anyone can hate on this episode. It's so funny. But I how think there are people awful. in the chat that are proving you wrong. But you know what? It's it's Do your own 200 episodes. It's <laughs> funny how this all falls apart. And like the only reason I was like, why the fuck is the consultation zone? Is because I have that question for a lot of Series 3. Yeah. Like, particularly in the team, challenge, the team championships, when they're like doing five challenges, like, well... Better head on over to the Games Master for the consultation zone. I'm like, why the fuck are we heading over to the Games Master for the consultation zone? You've not got time, man. Whereas I'm now thinking when we do another UCP Live, I'm thinking I might do a couple of video inserts just when we're switching platforms. So when we're going from the Mega Drive to, I don't know, the Xbox or something like that, I'm like, if I can get a two-minute video insert here, it means I won't die. Well, it means it saves me from trying to vamp on stage for a bit. Hey, I still think for UCP Live 2, I win the vamping award. The Back to the Future story. It's true. Well, I was Genuinely, gonna... one of my favourite things I've done in this entire podcast as a bit of improv was just doing the entire Patreon pack stuff as the story of the Back to the Future trilogy. But it's now time, everyone, to reveal. No, it's not. Is it not? No, oh, we, oh, we are have... going to do it. We're going to no. do an interlude. Okay, I'll tell you what. We're going to do an interlude. We're going to do some listener feedback that we received. Mm -hmm. We didn't necessarily canvas as much as we do, but we did on one of the posts I made saying, if you have a favourite episode from the past 200, send it in. So while we're reading this out, let's see some guesses in the chat as to what our number one episode might be. Good idea. So first up, John Mel. John Mel, who is definitely around today, says, hello, one and all. So here we are, the final episode of the original concept of the podcast. What can I say about the last few years other than it's been immensely entertaining and interesting looking back at one of my favourite childhood shows? Ash and Luke, you've been wonderful to listen to and the work you put into each podcast shows you have a real passion for this show. Learning about gaming history that occurred during the original Games Master that I did not know about is one of my highlights, along with the two live in-person episodes, even my poor showing at Tasmania. Brackets, just practice on a joypad next time, mate. That's yeah, a simple one. that was your mistake. And lastly... I'd just like to thank all the people I've met through the Discord group for being some of the nicest people I could meet and fan group. Uh, oh, some of the nicest people I have met through and fan group and here's to a successful new era for the podcast and its continued success and growth. Fingers crossed. Oh, one last thing. Sonic is overrated and Mario will always be king. Oof, harsh. Big claims there. Uh, but from John. But yeah, like a uh, thank you to everyone who did take part in uh, the UCP Live 2.0 when we did yeah. a live show because it was great to have you all there as a live event. Also, it's the first one we did that hadn't have to really be socially distanced and yeah. things like that. And we got to do like challenges and stuff. Like, I, you know, I talked about it with um, uh, with Steve McNeil 
on the the Go Eight Bit episode that we did about getting to do Saturn Bomberman as a challenge, and like a lot of that's down to you all like watching and listening to this at home because we can't do it if you don't show up. Like we can set it up, we can yeah. we can go through all the turmoil and technical issues that come with setting that up, but if you're not there to play it, then but there's no challenge there. Yeah, I mean, we only did the first half of that live show as a podcast just because I think part of us was worried people won't turn up for just the second half. We were wrong. We should have just done the second half. But do you want to take the next bit? I will do indeed. This next one comes in from Peter Sidorn, who says, Hi, Luke and Ash. Favourite show of the Games Master is Series 6, Episode 3 on Athlete Kings. Everyone is having fun, and it makes for a hell of a show. My favourite episode of the podcast. I liked it when you... Uh, I'd like to give a special shout-out to Independence Day UK, as I'd never heard of it before. You covered it and found it really interesting. Plus, Patrick Moore beats up an alien. But my favourite is season two, episode six with Matthew. It's my favorite because it was Matthew's tweet about the podcast that brought you guys into my life. It's also got you guys doing Hacksaw Jim Duggan impressions. Oh, you, you'll do. I came here to play WWF Super Nintendo. No, no, it was Super Nintendos. It's that fucking pluralizing of things for no reason. And once again, no uh, vinyls, no Legos. And once again, like I said in my season eight feedback, you guys ruled for this podcast. Thanks for all you've done on this little 90s niche show that I watched and loved back in the day. Whatever you do next, I look forward to it. And again, thank you. Uh, next up was Andy Greenwood, who said, Hi, guys. Many congratulations on reaching the 200th episode. Herculean effort. You can shoot me down, but I had a thought regarding the next iteration of Games Master. I think it would work well in a Taskmaster format. Ideally, Dominic would host with Kirk Ewing or perhaps someone like Steve McNeil in the Alex Horn role, with the Games Master issuing the challenges. The contestants could be a mix of content creators and some more traditional celebrities with gaming knowledge and participate in challenges from retro games right up to modern day VR. This would culminate in the season champion winning the golden joystick. Your thoughts, gentlemen? I mean, other than potential lawsuits from the Taskmaster rights holders, I think that, yeah, I think building, doing a more, like, team championships or if you will all kind of like um heat based one and yeah i like the idea it's what we always thought about with the reboots of games master like a good way to do it is to yeah do a team championship essentially do the team championships or do a tournament based thing yeah but no i i really like that idea i'm entirely on board uh do you want to take the next one or shall i take it due to the backstory uh you, you yeah you take it because you've got a little backstory with this one cool so adam d who's one of our listeners from canada um sent in some audio feedback and unfortunately i was not prepared to do audio feedback on this episode so i ran it through whisper.ai which i've had to use for a number of things for the podcast it's very useful and then i edited it a bit to kind of make sure it made sense so adam if i get this completely wrong my apologies uh, firstly, I just want to say congrats on 200 episodes. Fantastic achievement, and thank you so much for finishing off this journey with us. It's been crazy. I've written in the Discord quite a few times that I've lived in Canada, so I don't have much in the way of people to talk about nostalgic English TV with, and Games Master was the best of the best, so it's been fantastic to be on this journey with you guys. Anyway, favourite episode is one I talked about when I sent in my Season 2 feedback. It's got to be the first episode of Season 2, just for that cold open, with the weird glitchy stuff. It's stuck with me ever since then, so like meta and self-referential. I've never known another show quite do something like that. It's pretty emotional to think that we've reached the end. I'm sure it's more so for you guys than it is for somebody like me. I'm just super happy for you guys and looking forward to seeing what's coming next. Thanks. Bye. And then he tried to turn it off and Whisper AI is good enough. It picked up the following. Stupid pissing thing. Where's the pause button? 
But dude, thank you. And honestly, it is emotional. I think 199 was more emotional for me. This is now a celebration because we're kind of looking back mm -hmm. and also talking about going forward. I've very much enjoyed doing this episode, if only for the clips. Yeah. And, like, and actually, the, the preparation of doing this episode was re-watching these episodes, which in some cases I haven't re-watched since we reviewed them the first time around. So it's kind of like genuinely going back and re-watching some Series 3 stuff, I was like, crikey, this has not only taken me back to when I first watched this in 1993, it's taken me back to 2020 and 2021 and yeah. recording reviews of it. And the same thing with Series 2 and stuff. And I think that's been some of the, the loveliness of doing... Yeah, Episode 200 felt more like a celebration than it did any, anything else. So it's now time to reveal the number one episode of Games Master according to Under Consultation. And I tried to keep an eye on the chat, and oh. I don't think anyone guessed it. No, the guesses that we've had, Dave Fisher uh, guessed Tetsujin. I think there was multiple shouts for Tetsujin as well. Peter has guessed Season 7, Episode 9, The Tekken 3 Tournaments. Misha guessed the Annabelle Croft episode. Amazingly, no. But those were the guesses that came in. None of yous were right. Here is the greatest episode of Games Master. You totally decimated the competition then. What was your secret? Was it the combos? Yeah, I yeah, cool combos, the most important thing. And I know that you spent a little bit of money practicing the game yeah. uh, this week before you came on. How much money did you spend? At least £400. £400! Money well spent! Because Zaki is the winner of the special top skater, Games Master Golden Joystick! Do you know why the news is called news? Well, it stands for North, East, West, South. Our news stands for what's happening in video games. Look, I'm as surprised at the chat. <laughs> yeah, John Mel's reaction there. Hmm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it is Series 7, Episode 4, Top Skater, Sega Worldwide Soccer 98. Ash, you scored this episode 97%. Sure shit did. I Luke. I scored this episode 97%, 97%. With a median score of 97%. This is scientifically the greatest episode of Games Master. And I think it really falls into two reasons. Number one, it's the greatest, uh, greatest football challenge oh, the show has ever had. By a country mile. And number two... Well, I didn't think we'd talk about Pokemon when we did this podcast. And also, number three, and I think I played this down when we reviewed it, going back and watching that Top Skater challenge, it's wild. Yeah. Like, there was a number of wild arcade game challenges, particularly in Series 6 and 7, particularly in Series 7, but also it's just not even that they're playing, like, a standing skating game. It's the fact that one of them's a skateboarder, one of them's a surfer, one of them's a bodyboard. It, it's just, it's totally bonkers. 
the chat is weird because the skaters aren't that into it. They got I the mean, the pro only thing skater. Yeah, the only thing higher than our scores were the skaters. The pro skater they have on the commentary. Because, like, that's the thing is the idea of this challenge is great on paper. You bring in a pro skater to commentate on a wacky skateboarding challenge and talk about how unrealistic it is. But what you have is, as you described in the podcast, Seth Rogen. Who just says that the inside just going <laughs> giggling because he's high as a kite. And you've got three lads, the most 97 dressed lads you've ever seen in your life. Including one that's wearing a cagoule for some reason. Because it's 1997. True. And he spent 400 quid <laughs> down the arcades playing this game so we could get good. This episode, and it's so that's all brilliant. The top skater stuff, it's shite and it's awesome. But the second half of this episode is some of the best Games Master has ever been. Because it's Dom and Jim Rosenthal doing arguably the best commentary duo in Games Master history. Because you've got Dominic cheering on Scotland, you've got Jim cheering on England, and you've got a fantastic football challenge to back that up. And then a feature that features Pokemon and the 64 Double D. Yeah, which uh, Dominic is very wrong about both of those things, but not. It, it's like he gets one, he says one's going to be a hit and one is just going to be shite, and he gets them completely the wrong way round. Genuinely, like I showed this segment to some Pokemon friends of mine uh, who work in the, the office that I, and the, the, the company that I work for because they're massive Pokemon fans. I was like, lads, do you want to hear what a UK games video game show had to say about Pokemon in 1997 when they didn't know what it was? And I played the clip, and it is something I'm really like, this is some weird shite that'll never catch on. Yeah. <laughs> this episode does prove that our scientific method ain't so scientific. But when I was listening to the podcast, or particularly listening to our, well, what did you think moment? It wasn't just the football challenge. The football challenge is great. It is the best football challenge we get. And I actually, no offense to Sean if he's watching. I love that it's not on FIFA. I love that it's on actually a different game, a game that was left in the past but it's really actually still a very fun game to play i mean this may appear at a future ucp live because i've got this game it's still a lot of fun to play but you're right it's the commentary jim when he first appeared on the show wasn't quite sure how to play it but this time he's back he's got his casual khakis on he's wearing shoes suitable for a beach he's there he gets it this time around. yeah he didn't know much like john regis and tony jerry he didn't know what the show was when he arrived in series six when he comes back for series seven he gets it. There's a moment when he is like begging for England to press forward and he just under his breath goes, come on, England. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Everything in this just, just, Referee, just works. come on, man. Everything, everyone is on their A game. And also whilst the co-commentator on the skating challenge isn't great, <laughs> Dominic is. Dominic absolutely nails that commentary carries that challenge so it's also some of the best kind of like presenting and proper hosting that dominic does in that season too the news is actually kind of fun uh not only the joke about news but also we get to talk a bit about mortal combat annihilation. annihilation which you yeah. know is pants uh the alien resurrection game that was in production for a lot longer and a look at quake 64 so low-key still quite an important news section I, for me, like when I look back on this episode and I rewatched it and I listened to the podcast, I was like, 
Yeah, it's it's that football challenge is really, really fun. And the 64 Double D feature has Pokemon and Dominic Diamond dunking on Pokemon. I have no idea there's going to be like a worldwide phenomenon that has lasted longer than Games Master's Legacy ever will. And it's just so much fun. And we had a blast recording that episode as well. It was well. one of the early ones we were back in person for as well, I think. No, no, that was, that was oh, a was remote that one. Remote? I remember being in my kitchen recording oh, okay. that one as well. Oh, I remember that episode. That was the episode with the Phantom Knocking. Yeah. Some of the episodes recording on Luke's end when we we're doing remote, there is a phantom knocking on his microphone. And I have spent probably at least 13 hours working out algorithms to remove it. So I don't know what it was. I think it was something knocking the mic stand. But we don't know. Well, the mic stand was perfectly still because we tested it and it still wasn't that. Mm. Anyway, it doesn't matter. This episode is great. It's an episode you could pick out of all of Games Master and show to someone and it would take them on a journey because they'd go, OK. It's a bit weird, they're on a desert island. Oh, that's kind of cool, that arcade game. These guys are a bit weird. That's funny. Look, one of them's a bodyboarder. Then we get onto the news. That's okay. And then you get the football challenge, which anyone who's got any interest in video games, particularly retro games, will watch and go, that's a really great challenge. And both of those football players knew how to play it. And then the stinger is that 64DD news piece where Dom shits on Pokemon because that's the point where someone that's just settled into it and is just having a good time as one of their first exposures to Games Master will just be like... I'm not defending our position on this at all. I don't feel the need to stand here and defend my position on this. Be damned what the live chat say. This episode is fantastic. And if you'd have asked me when we wrote these episodes down, like, you know, what was the top episode, I never would have predicted that it was this one. Not in a month of Sundays, but I predicted this was the number one episode. But I knew we'd rated it highly, so I knew it would be in the top 10. But 97% across the board. Yeah. Uh, I guess, just before we go into conclusion, I did just want to point out, we had a few other bits and pieces we just didn't get around to, but I did just want to say our lowest rated episode, season one, uh, episode eight. Yeah, that was it. No, wait. No, I was going to say, that's not the lowest rated episode. It no. is, I can tell you now it is, uh, I've got it written down here. I think it's the Adams Family one is the lowest rated episode. It is, yeah, with a yeah. score, Ash scored it 57%, I scored it 54 with a median score of 55.5%. It is Series 2, Episode 8, The Adams Family, Space Pirates and Agony. A show with no joysticks whatsoever, the Adams Family ones. Actually, funny enough, when I said um, Holiday Lemmings is the worst challenge in history, someone in the live chat said, "Now nah, Lisa on Adams Family was worse. I disagree, because the challenge was at least a good one. It's just she bollocksed it early. Yeah. Holiday Lemmings wasn't even a good challenge, and they did it boringly, which is why I think it's the, uh, the worst challenge. But you got the funness of, of Lisa like dying out early there. Space Pirates is a really bad American laser game that somehow looks cheaper than Doctor Who. And then Agony is this weird... It's Agony. It, it is Agony. It's this weird game where you're an owl flying along. And the three people that they pick out of the crowd to play this game all play it exactly the same. Because they've clearly been taught you know, in the, you know, in the green room and stuff. This is how you get through the level. And everyone follows the same pattern and everyone dies at the exact same points. Plank, plank. Thanks. Proper rubbish as an episode. So we've counted down the top 10. What have we learned? Our scoring system means fucking nothing. Cool. Congratulations. <laughs> You've just watched two, two hours or listened to two hours of a countdown that is completely pointless. But then again, 
So was the 199 episodes that preceded it for yeah. the most part. I'm amazed you, you've come this far. Yeah. And if this is your first exposure to our podcast, go go and listen to a true crime podcast. You'll probably have an easier time of it. Never will there be another Games Master podcast that will rate the Top Skater episode as the greatest episode of Games Master in the history of time. I don't know if there'll ever be another Games Master podcast. I know one started because I was aware of them and they were aware of us. They never referenced us. And they just appear to have stopped. Like everyone's going to like, your scoring system is very random. I demand a refund. <laughs> and there was someone who earlier said, oh, surely there needs to be a recount. And surely, surely this can't be the number one episode. But apparently it is, everyone. If you disagree, my suggestion is find a co-host, go back to series one, episode one, and we'll see you in 140-odd episodes time. So... What's next? Well, we could just tell you what's next, or we could show you. Under consultation.exe. Task terminated. Reboot. Hello, television friends. Hi, Def. We're not done yet. Games Master was only the beginning. From Cybernet to Game Center, from Nick Arcade to Starcade, we're going global in 2024. 30 plus shows, 40 plus years, 2,000 plus episodes, one podcast. UCP 2.0. We're not done yet. <laughs> and this journey is now big enough. We need a third player joining us for Under Consultation 2.0 starting January 2024 is the amazing Cliff. The amazing Cliff. Do you know how hard it was? I have been sat <laughs> over there the whole entire show being very quiet. This is the first time I've actually spoken in two over two hours. Yeah, sorry, this oh. episode ran longer than we intended it. So it's just as Midge. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, you've had 199 episodes to get used to that. True. True. <laughs> So yeah, so because um, uh, a workload to kind of sort of get in the way of this, I think most people have probably noticed, like I've had to take a bit of a backseat on some episodes that we have done. Uh, Ash has sort of taken over a lot of the, the production of episodes and stuff. Um, and because of that, and we want to make sure that we're still keeping things up to scratch and everything. We're bringing in a third voice to keep us on track here. And it's this guy right here. The loudest one here. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um... Yes, yeah, so because obviously I just did a very nice video trailer with no voiceover whatsoever, because I'm not, I'm sure shit not doing the voiceover on that. Uh, I sh should have asked like one of your co workers no, to do yeah, it. Okay, but... Don would have definitely done it. Or Sully. Mm. Or Sully. Yeah, Sullivan would have yeah. been available. But, but basically, what we're doing is Games Master is done for now. If they make more episodes, maybe we'll go back to it. But as we've discovered and sometimes visited, there is literally an entire world of video game television spanning over 40 years. We go right back to Starcade. We maybe even look at the BBC, the adventure game, which, whilst more of a Crystal Maze type show, had them playing games on the BBC Micro. It was a key part of it. We go to America, where we've got Nick Arcade. You've got all of the G4 output. We go to Australia, where we've got Good Game, a show that they did eight seasons 
40 odd episodes a season and i have never heard of it until the past month and their network has put it all on youtube it's amazing there is so much content out there and of course before someone else mentioned it japan as well with game center cx a show that lives on on the internet and you know via websites not piracy websites but archive.org and <laughs> There's just a whole world and decades and years that we've never touched, movies we've never talked about, subjects we've never broached. And it's going to be a learning experience for us as well, I think. The idea is going to be, it's a randomizer. Kind so of, we'll, yeah. We will have a month, and then in that month, the randomizer button will be pressed, and episodes that will have aired within that month period will be picked out, and those are the ones that we're going to review. Mm -hmm. So it could be... A video game nation. It could be a Go 8-bit. It could be a Top Gear gaming show. It could be any of the ones from around the world and from the past 40-odd years of gaming TV. And that's what we're going to review. The only kind of caveat on the episodes we do is, can we point people at a YouTube link, at a Vimeo link, yeah. at an archive.org link, or even, you know, at an actual streaming platform link that's like not thereby the grace of people that don't care about the copyrights they may own. <laughs> um, and yeah, it will be randomised. I'm not going to lie. We might pick the first episode just so we know we're not going to start with something we've done before. Yeah. But I'm dead excited. Mm. And if you're watching this as a Patreon, which most of you watching this live will be, uh, what will happen is we will do an episode on the show and then it will be followed by two other episodes, one of which will be focused on a game. It could be a game that's released around the same time the episode was broadcast or maybe even featured on the show we review. And there will be, in the style we used to do with UCP Extra, a TV or film or some other media-based episode. And generally speaking, it'll be a combination of two of us. Yeah, so this will go on to the free feed will be two episodes a month. Patreon, it will be four episodes a month, and you'll get some episodes in between the weeks where we haven't got stuff in the free feed. Yeah. Um, so the early access will sort of come to an end uh, on that yeah. side of things. But you still get it ad-free. You still get ad-free, absolutely. Uh, and on the free feed, it will be moving to a new RSS feed. So we, what I wanted with Under Consultation is if you approach this and you, you find this podcast feed in 10 years' time, it is just Games Master. It is just 200 episodes that give you the history of Games Master. Because, boy, howdy, have I found some retrospective podcasts that ended five years ago. And I go on to it, and it's like, what's this five years of nonsense? Where's the actual, where's the Friends stuff I've come to find? Where's my Friends podcast I wanted to listen to? So this under consultation will be it as it is. UCP will become a brand new podcast feed, uh, a free feed. Yeah. Uh, the Patreon feed will remain the same. Patreons will stay the same. Now... Uh, obviously, that is starting January of next year. Between now and then, uh, you're, you've kind of got a busy back half of the year. Yes. So on the free feed... I've already taken a bit of a backseat. I'm taking even further of a backseat. <laughs> <laughs> on the free feed, uh, you will be hearing through October a series of our spooky episodes we did as UCP extras in the original mm -hmm. run. Because even when it wasn't Halloween, we talked about horror-y stuff a lot because we kind of like horror. Yeah. Uh, we are going to do a Halloween special, hopefully, which will mm -hmm. be something that I've been wanting to cover with Luke for a while. There will be a Christmas special. Got to come back to the Christmas special. Mm. And for the times in between, not 100% sure yet. I suspect it will be me and Cliff, and we need to now put our heads together now he's officially on board. But there will be content available 
And as soon as that new RSS feed becomes available, we will be posting in both places so you can make the switch over as yeah. soon as possible. You'll have time to do the, the switch over, but Cliff, welcome aboard, sir. What would you like oh. to say to the people? Do you know what? It feels really odd because to pull, to pull back the curtain a bit, I know, well, I was asked. You're already at home, um, you're saying pull back the curtain. Diamondism. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, <laughs> uh, oh no, that's on the other other speed. Um, anyway, so no, um, I think that the major thing is, is I've known for now two months and it has been incredibly hard to keep my mouth shut. Like I've almost said things on my own streams. I've almost said, you know, and and even that, like we obviously had discussions, me and Ash and me and Luke, and I keep referring, it says your thing. No, no, no. It's also my thing now. And I'm sort of responsible. It's like becoming a parent (laughs) when you sort of realize I'm actually responsible for this, you know, small thing now. Then I'm now responsible for this. And you lot. I'm responsible for you lot. That's a bloody mod, but behave, all of you. I hate to break it to you, but technically the podcast is now a toddler. <laughs> Great, I've adopted. Yeah, yeah. But, Congratulations. Uh, but I actually also do just want to say that, uh, Cliff, you were one of our mods, one of our mod squad. I was. You're fired. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, afraid you so. You can't yeah. be a host... And a mod. It's a conflict of interest. It is a very much a conflict of interest. <laughs> a cliff leaf of interest. <laughs> but Shopping. thankfully, it's not going to leave Matty and Pink on their own mm-hmm. because we have already approached and recruited two new mods. If you're on our Discord, if you're on our Twitch, if you join in these YouTube chats, please say ho. Say ho. Ho! ho! <laughs> you! Basically, what we did is we went into the crowd and went, you! <laughs> y'all do! <laughs> Basically, it's Harriet Manga Girl and super sexy Dave Fisher, new members of the mod squad. And uh, thank you for saying yes, because it's always nice when your first choices say yes. <laughs> don't have to go to the back. I was going to have to ask Chris. <laughs> God, no, you don't want to make Chrissy a mod. Too much power. Too much power. Go to that man's head. So I guess we'll, we'll bring this episode to a close. It has been 200 episodes covering... Games Master and the shows that came between Series 7 and Series 8, the the reboot and everything in between. And I suppose the last words to end under consultation on and on that bombshell. Good night, everyone. Roll the credits. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.